Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. Well, we almost missed our getting into the studio in time. Those did? Thin, thin mints, I'm telling you. It's a, I, I have not had the peanut butter one. Uh, the Oreos, too. I tried one of those. Did you try those? No. I'm like, really? Chocolate and peanut butter, what could go wrong? It's pretty good, aren't they? They're like nutter butters, but chocolatey. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm still a thin mint guy, although I admonished you... Don't admonish me. I'm not. I, I, the, I'm not the ones who didn't have them in the freezer. They're not in the freezer. Exactly. Yeah. They, thin mints belong in the freezer. Yeah, I Although agree with that. The funny part is, it's like we're kind of out of Girl Scout season. <laughs> Why do we still have How cookies? Many cases? <laughs> don't even did ask. you order don't in the ask. first place? Don't to ask. Still have Girl Scout cookies? Don't ask. All right, I won't. Just saying, this office supports the Girl Scouts. That's all I'm going to say. My diet is good every week until I get over to the studio. When we, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the thing is, I don't know if you know this story, but it's a cool story. So Nick Ressler, you know Nick well. Yep. And I, when we first started to get into business, we had Awesome 2 Productions so this is back in like... God, I remember that. That's a long time 1999, ago. 2000, somewhere in there, right? Oh, and we were, like it's 19. Exactly. And we were, we had this idea for Buggies and Blues, which is a mm-hmm. car show in Mandan, North Dakota, who, which, which now is a huge car show in Mandan, North Dakota. And getting bigger. And getting better. I'm going to help with that. Stuff. Are you? Yeah, I am. I told you that. That's pretty cool. Remember? Yeah, I know. But, yeah. I'm just looking like I'm astonished okay. and thankful again. I'll, you know. So anyway, <laughs> so we we had this idea that we would take and make DVDs of these cars. We would take photos as they come in, and then we would put them on a DVD. And like by noon or one o'clock, people would start getting their DVDs. So we put this whole thing together. And um, and you have to understand that at that time, taking digital photos was not an easy thing. Did they have digital cameras then? We had a Sony Mavica, I think is what it was called. You put a three and a half inch floppy into this camera. All right, wait, wait. How big was this camera? It was three to four times size of of your cell phone right now. So think it was like a digital, like an SLR, maybe a little bit smaller. Actually, I'm thinking it's kind of like a Polaroid. It was kind of cool. The floppy disk went in instead of the yes. Polaroid coming That's out. That's kind of what it was. And depending on the resolution that you'd have, you could probably get three or four photos on a floppy disk. That was it. That's it? Yes. So you carried a bunch of these floppies around, and then you'd take it back to your computer. And you got to remember, computer processing speed isn't then wasn't one like what is what what no. it is like now. So we comp- we had everything ready to go. All we had to do is drop the photos in. We had the music and all this other stuff and ready, and they were printed. We just had to. Um, I I hate to use the word burn, uh, duplicate. We had a duplicator. So there's a big difference between duplicated and burned DVDs and CDs. So anyway. Um, that's how we got started. And then 
we started to build some websites and things like that, and, and that was a great success, by the way. We sold a lot of DVDs, got invited to do this in other places at the time. And about a year or two into it, um, people started bringing us their computers. We're not a computer shop. And then we moved to the building yeah, that we are yeah. in now, right? And we're still not a computer shop. We're doing some other things. and But Nick and I are both known in the community as a person that can fix computers. Computer geeks. And we would kind of do it on the side. So people, because now we're, we've joined forces, we actually, uh, people would show up and they're like, oh, Nick is here or Marlo is here. And, and uh, can you fix this for us? Well, <laughs> we're not a computer shop, but we'll, we'll, we'll take it home tonight and we'll see what we can do. Right. So about a year into this and then, and then we didn't charge. This is the best part of the story. We didn't know what to charge. So people would bring us food. Barter system. So we would fix something, and the next day a rhubarb pie would show up, or fried chicken would show up, or whatever. Right. So this this is better than two live chickens. Yes, well that's true. That's that's I don't know where you put those. So anyway, after this goes on for like a year, and it starts to become a little problematic because now we're getting a lot of computers in and and fat and yeah we're getting <laughs> fat at the same time that's a valid point and i guess looking at me now you can you can now you understand what happened here right? it all started with a computer fix so i think one day either nick or myself we were talking and we just kind of looked at each other are we in the business of fixing computers or not? Because the same question always happened. How much do I owe you? Uh, we fixed it last night. It's no big deal, right? So we finally said, all right, we're going to fix computers here because people want to drop them off here anyway. Well, apparently there was a need yeah. and you needed to follow that path right. to the marketplace. Right. So we started to fix computers and we started to charge for it. And people were like, they were actually thankful. Like, there's a price with this. But the food didn't stop. But look at the cost of the computers back then. A lot more money than yeah. now, yeah. It, but that was the funny thing about it. the food it, didn't stop. The food did not stop. So <laughs> we would fix them and food would continue to show up. And that tradition continues today, which is why there's always on our conference table here, there's always so much food out gotcha. there because people will bring their computers in. And then after we fix them, and not everybody, and, and you know, it, it's different now than it was 20 years ago, of course, because, you know, the client base has changed. And a lot of people don't know this tradition, but the people who had us that were fixing, that we were fixing computers for back then still bring us food. So remember that previous conversation uh, we had last week about, uh, yeah, my computer needs to be updated. Yeah. So you know what's missing on your conference table? No. Wendy scotch Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying if you bring your computer just, by, we yeah, could, I was thinking we could, about that. I was like, wait a minute. Maybe the barter system actually we're not, works. I'm not, not dumb. We're not against barter here. <laughs> For food. As, as you can see. <laughs> so, yeah. So that conference table, it, it's like uh, some, some days it's the bane of our existence because we look at that thing and we're like... You know, you clean it off, and then three days later, it's just chuck full of stuff again. It's like a black hole. Of oh food, my goodness! Though. It's just like every time you look at it, there's the all gravitational food on there. pull around it yeah. just sucks you it in. Does. Yeah. It does. It becomes a snacking center in our building and everything else. But it's it is a cool story, and you hate to break this tradition. Not a lot of businesses can say that we got started because people paid us in food. Now, so do people take requests? That that might be the next iteration of that. 
I I think there's been a few times that people. Oh, have it's asked, been a while since I've had a rhubarb crisp. Right. I'm just saying, yeah, you know, <laughs> things along those lines. Is, does that work? I don't. I don't know. I suppose it could. <laughs> there's a there's a couple clients that I can think of that if they came in here, they would probably take a request and make us something. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So that's kind of the story. That's a good story. It's a good story. It's, it's a, a good story. It's a fun story. I don't think I've ever shared that publicly before, but we used to laugh about it all the time because there was a time that there'd be so much food in that table. That uh, and we would we'd have like an you open invite invitation. the neighbors in. Please come eat the please. Food. And and I have done that before. You know, talking to somebody and 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 I'm like, why don't you just come down to lunch at our shop? What do you mean come down to lunch? There's there's like enough food to feed an army on our table all the time. Just coming down and help yourself. You Some know? of it not might might not be the healthiest. You, there's a lot of sweets that are what on. Are you, that what are you talking table. about? I'm just saying, there's there's sweets and then there's and the National Day stuff, desserts, too, like, you yeah, know, hot dog day and daiquiri day on the same day, yeah. So speaking of which, so I drive all this ways, right? Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. You, you no, go ahead. You, you know how much road trip? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was hot dog day. You, you went to Vegas and back, and it was hot dog day on the day when I came back. Convenience stores. Now, do you get? Little gas station hot dogs like the roller dogs. Do you? Do you I would. Actually, I would do that. Yeah. So if there's Especially a brat there, do you upgrade to the brat? Usually, you, I'm a hot dog person with little mustard on it. Okay. I, I just I'll, like the, the 99 cent hot dogs are in a know, yeah. Two. For it three, all depends. Two for three dollars. For Cloverdale hot dogs, I'm all in on that. But yeah, um, see, I, I'll always upgrade to the brat if in okay. a pinch if I have to do that. It's a brat. So between Vegas and here, I had make five stops to fill. And I did this all in a day, by oh, the way. Oh, I'm calling the BS flag on that. Five stops. Why? You had to pee more than that. I know for a fact. Oh, you don't know me with the road really? roller when all I'm right, by myself. What, when you and I travel together, it's a different thing. It's it's social time. Okay. We drink and whatever. When I'm serious about road driving, when I need to get someplace. Pop, non-alcoholic beverages. Or just yes. Clarify. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People go, what? They do what? Water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, it was five stops to fuel up, and every there was not a hot dog, and what? they all had roller grills, and they were all empty. And I'm like, were you driving at night though? No, I started I started at four o'clock in the morning, and then I I got in at three o'clock on National Hot Dog on Day. Hot Dog Day. So I was in the prime time of this. I'd go into these places. Yeah, but were you driving in the middle of nowhere? No, this is like through Salt Lake City and and all these places, right? So. Um, yeah, and I, I, I went in, and then the one place, I, I said, you you don't have any hot dogs? And, and the gal goes, well, it's hot dog day. Why do you think we'd have oh. any hot dogs left? <laughs> I'm like, I need I, my roller I, dog and a Slurpee. And I didn't have any, I didn't have the heart to say, can you, I'm the founder of National Day Calendar. Can you please, I just, want, a, I just want one. Go can microwave find, one yeah, for please. me. Pull I one just, out of the I need, pack. To, I need to celebrate the day. <laughs> so I went the whole day on National Hot Dog Day, Without searching hot dog. for hot dogs, and they were out everywhere. Yeah. Oh. Isn't that funny? That, okay, so when's the next convenient road trip food? Dash? Is there a national um, gas station pizza day? There's not. Ooh. But you could just do pizza day and then well, yeah, gas stations for that. It's different at the gas station. My guess is that gas station pizzas don't sell out on pizza day, though. Now, if you go to a regular <laughs> pizza joint, there's going to be a line uh, and that reminds me, I got all kinds of stories. So I was in L.A. during Pizza Day this year, and uh, um, we, were, we were finishing up with something, and we're like, it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and we're like, hey, it's Pizza Day. 
let's go have pizza, right? I know the place. I was visiting with one of our agents, and uh, we wander down the street in L.A., go to this place, and it's crazy busy. And we were like, well, how long of a wait is going to be? And she was like, I suppose like an hour and a half or two hours. Don't you know it's National Pizza Day? <laughs> uh, yes, I do. Well, I started to laugh. Did, did you play Just that like, card? Didn't play the card. Okay, good man. Yes. Yeah. 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 I only use that like when I need a place to well, sleep. Well, I know it's National Pizza <laughs> yeah. Day because I found it National Pizza <laughs> <laughs> No, I like my obscurity when I can have it, but or when I can have it, I should say. Actually, the, the kind of pizza I miss from growing up. Yeah. School pizza. The school rec- pizza. The rectangles. The thick I, stuff or what? I, I loved those. Really? The Tech Ranch. Pound. Let's get back to discovering the latest in technology with the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. Well, as you know, I was in Vegas. I've been down there since they lit up the sphere. You were there for a long time this time. Long time. Yeah. Um, have you seen images? So did, of- you, did you bring up the idea, by the way, of, of not having windows in hotel rooms in Las Vegas? No. All the money they'd save? No. I gave that to you last week. I know. You didn't pass that along? You make it sound like I'm connected with every architect and every whatever in Vegas. I'm not, just so you know. What's that friend of yours name? Bugsy, I think. <laughs> Lefty. What to- it would be. It would certainly be helpful this time of year. My goodness. So that's when that sun came up in the morning. Whoa. A little toasty. The in the air just cannot keep up for about three or four hours. But yeah. it doesn't get. It hardly gets below a hundred, you know, during the night. So it's it's a little warm right now. So you were in Las Vegas for National Hot Dog Day, and and I left on National I left Hot on Dog National Hot Dog Day, and we were talking about some of the food. You know what foods do not deserve a national day? <laughs> oh, by the way, welcome to the Tech Ranch. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Steve and I just haven't been together for a while, so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, so there should never be a national gas station sushi day. Oh, or a ding, national ding, ding. gas station deviled egg day. Ding, ding, ding. There, I'm just saying. You know what? What What amazes me is that they have these things at some of these gas stations. Somebody must be buying this stuff. Oh yeah, they get rid of it because the the floor space in a gas station is crazy profitable. It's gold. Their, yeah, yeah, it's, it's very gold. gold. So you you need to be putting stuff in there that's worthwhile to have yeah, there. Turn and burn. So I cannot believe that there would be sushi in these places. Oh, it, or are. deviled eggs. Oh yeah, yeah. You trust that? No, 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 no. What could go wrong? No. <laughs> what what could go wrong? What could go wrong. Let me count the ways. Hey, I just thought of a brand new calendar for you. What's that? National Not Day calendar. Not day. things that should never oh, have yeah, their yeah. own day. Yeah, that's funny. They should never have their own day. It should just be a. Maybe we could just have that as a section on the website or something. Maybe. Yeah. These are the things that will never this get will a never get a day because yeah. it's just wrong. And we're, and we're open for your suggestions as well. Yeah, yeah. which have people can reach form. out to the Tech Ranch. That's, now. Act, that's actually kind of funny. Yeah, that you say that. Yeah, they can come to our new website and check yeah. out all that. Stuff which is thetechranch.com. Exactly. And, and, and we take your comments, and if there's topics you want us to talk about yeah. and discuss, and yeah, inclu- including our favorite Girl Scout cookies, <laughs> yeah, thin mints in the freezer. Well, we are going to talk about some tech today. Well, We're you got tree foils the- out there too, which are kind of like Lorna Dunes, which are really good dunking in milk. I'll just take your word for it because I've never had any of this. What's a Lorna Dune? Uh, it's a shortbread cookie. What's the other one that you talked about in front of that tree foils, which is the Girl Scout version of that, which you have on the table. Oh, you didn't notice that? I didn't. 
I just noticed okay. you were walking with a limp today. You need milk, though. You got to have milk. You need tech for your knee. Milk. Milk. I, I'm gonna My wife goes, you said milk. Milk. There's no E in it. I was That's like, right. It's milk. Milk. I'm going to get you some nanobots for that knee. Really? It'll go in there and they'll fix them Put up. Put my cartilage back? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. But from, from nanobots to the fourth world's largest crane. What? Yeah. So Did you drive by that on your way back? They use the fourth... Fourth largest crane in the world to put the sphere together in. Is it sphere? How do you sphere. say that? Sphere. It's kind of a There's tough no word. There's no V in it. It's kind of you're sphere. You're not finished. Yeah, you're right. So why am I doing that? Sphere. 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 It's an app. Sphere. 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 Thanks for the language lesson. Wow. It's amazing that I do radio, right? I, with the <laughs> Swedish accent? Yeah. Audible. <laughs> I would make a great Swedish Did you chef. hang out at Ikea too much while you were in Las Vegas? Is you that have, the problem? You have no idea how many times I go there for, <laughs> for meatballs. And the jam and the well, berries. The, the jam's good, Latoya too. Toya and I, um, as as I always like, we get, we have to meet over by, by Ikea. And she, I can just see her rolling her eyes when I say this to her because she's like, I am not going there with, for meatballs again with you today. <laughs> Actually, I was going to there text her earlier this week because yes. on the calendar, it was National Daiquiri Day. Oh, yeah. And that was the week I you introduced me to LaToya. Yes, it was a year because ago. You guys yeah. brought me daiquiri That's correct. to the studio. That's correct. Wow, that is a year ago, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Wow. That's right because it was... TEDx? Yeah, that's a year ago. That's hard to believe that's a year already. And, and, you know, I was a little disappointed. That you didn't get daiquiris? I didn't get daiquiris this year. Yeah, you should probably text her. Yeah. Lay a little guilt. Yeah, I, I'm going to try it. Yeah. See, does she it work? Might, with LaToya? Yeah. No. No, I didn't think so. <laughs> Absolutely not. As I've gotten to know her, I might no. get a smackdown if no, I go there. It's no. not happening. Yeah. She's, and, and by the way, if, if you don't know who we're talking about, LaToya Johnson, she's uh, the co-host of the Celebration Nation, Destination Celebration. I am on no sleep. So I got road lag going. Oh, on my or... goodness. Are you kidding? It's been three days. It's you... just no sleep at all. Uh, I get back, and it's just still a pound of piled paperwork everywhere, as you know. But, um, Destination anyway. Celebration. It's a co-host. Destination and, Celebration. Yeah. She's the co-host on that television show. And that starts when? Um. Well, we should be... We're still working on product integration. That's that's the thing. And, and there's competition with it. Really? That's the problem. So we had somebody that came in a week and a half ago and... With the Yarbo? Yes. It was Yarbo. How do you know this? I, I'm guessing. Just kidding. That's my plug. I, I have know. to plug them once a, but, once a week. Yeah. And, and or more. they're interested in, in more of a total product integration and they don't want any other competition on the show. So You're going to wear that Speedo after all, aren't you? It's not Speedo. Thank <laughs> goodness. Oh, I did. I, you know what, though? I was in, uh, I was in Target and uh, I walked by... Uh, the men's clothing, and there was men's clothing with sp- speedos, and they weren't the normal, traditional what you would say speedo. They were just regular swimwear and 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 shirts. Yeah, I've, they they do more than just the little bikini so, and swimsuit. They do. So maybe I can start goggles. I can, I can stop sweating about this because yeah. maybe that's what they want me to wear instead. I don't know. Maybe one of those old school uh, onesies. That would be onesies because they're coming back, right? Yeah, maybe yeah. strap you into one yeah. of those. That would be so hilarious to see somebody in one of those. Anyway, 
All right. Enough. 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 With the stripes? Oh, my goodness. And the little beanie. you got to have a little swim beanie. People are starting to think that this is a tech show. That's what we tuned in for. We're still not talking about tech. Well, there's a lot of tech in clothing so, manufacturing. There is. Yeah. yeah. So the sphere. No, I said it again. I said it wrong again. Sphere. Sphere. Say, like fear right, with an S. Sphere. Say sphere. Sphere. F-E-A-R. Fear. Sphere. There. All right. It's better. There's this big, big round ball in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a globe. Oh, my goodness. So this thing is really something. So It's took- roundular? Roundular. <laughs> First of all, if you're going to Vegas, do not drive there. Do not do not drive to the sphere because the construction around it is insane. Formula One. I thought you were saying don't drive to Vegas. No, yeah, well, there's that too unless you're close by. Don't do what I just did. Uh, fly to Vegas. but In 200-degree heat. Yeah, don't but, do that. But park a ways away, and, and uh, you could actually take the monorail and get pretty close. But oh, okay. the construction around this thing right now is insane. I was caught in traffic for two and a half hours the other night, and I, I just because I missed a turn that I knew I was that I should have turned right there and got caught in, I couldn't get out of it. So how many people just, know what we're talking about when we talk about this sphere? I don't know. It's a big round globe. And after, yeah, but, but what's it for? So it's it's just another attraction down there. It's a seventeen thousand five hundred seat arena inside this big glowing ball, like an IMAX. So it's more like for when U2 comes to town because they're opening them there here. I shortly. thought they just did rooftops. They well, they think they do unique. Now they do, they do spheres too. They do. They do <laughs> spheres as well. They'll, they'll be the one that can say they're the first one in this place, which will be kind of cool, right? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's just gorgeous, and and uh, you're gonna be amazed at what this thing can do. The Tech Ranch Super Talk 1270. Minute of the Tech Ranch as we explore the cutting edge of tech with Marlo and Steve. For more exclusive content. Visit thetechranch.com. So the speed, this <laughs> we just practiced this, Marlo. We just practiced this. Fear, cape, fear, capes, fear, sphere. There you go. Sphere. Mnemonic trick. Okay. Thank you for training me on that. It's it is weird how you can get hung up on a few things. Well, I'm an English guy. So, I was an English major, and my wife's a speech pathologist. So, and I have no formal training in any of this. Get an appointment for you. <laughs> I have zero training. The fact that I'm even on radio, in my opinion, on television is oh, just you're better the than most yeah, crazy no, thing. You belong in radio as opposed to television. Yeah, that's true. So do I. But, but that's why we're yeah, here. That's right. That's right. Not talking about tech today. Unfortunately, <laughs> I am on television, and that's the oh, most yeah, amazing you are. thing. Um, anyway. Giant Sphere Theater yeah. does all kinds of cool stuff. So YouTube is going to be the first one to play in it. Seventeen thousand five hundred world's uh, fourth largest crane. It's amazing what I it took eighteen. It took eighteen days just to set up the crane. Wow, to build this thing, right? How big is the crane? Well, it's taller than three hundred sixty-six feet because that's how well, tall yeah. this thing is. So just to give you a comparison, this <laughs> we can sphere raise it an inch. All right, is twice the size of Epcot. Uh, the Epcot globe. That's huge. It's huge. Twice the size. Twice the size, right? So what all does it do? Because you said it does all kinds of cool things. Yeah. So uh, I still have this IMAX theater experience stuck in my head. But Well, all right. So I'm just going to give you some of the stuff, right? The dome's 580,000 square feet echosphere surface 
is made of 1.2 million LED lights that are each the size of a hockey puck. Really? So these lights are... Those are large. They're large. When large you, LEDs. And I walked up to the surface, and when you're, when you're close to it, when you walk right up to it, you can see these. There's actually gaps in there that you can see the, the air between them. But when you go away from it, it's unbelievable. Did you knock on it? Did it make an echo sound? Jack opened the door. Did he? It's like, and a beanstalk grew out of it. I'm thinking it's more of a yeah, knock echo. on it. It's like no. bong, yeah. bong, Yeah, that bong, would be hilarious, bong. right? Yeah. Everybody's tapping around and you got bong. There was a sci-fi it. movie with a – it was Sphere, right? Yeah. It is deemed the largest LED screen on the planet. So it's a sphere. It's round. It's round. But, but it's a TV screen. It a screen. The whole, thing, the whole thing lights up. Everything on it lights up outside. So, well, at and, some point, you're going to have to look at something upside down. Yes, if you're underneath it. But who's underneath the thing? You're you're looking at this thing from a mile away or 18 blocks away or whatever. And that's, Remember when your mom told you don't sit too close to the TV? Yeah. It'll screw up your eyes. This one, if you're too close to this, how many you'll miles get away do you need to be from this? <laughs> if, they, if they had if they had it as a sun, mom was right. It was crazy. Yep. The full extent of the exosphere's LED capabilities were, were flaunted on Independence Day. Um, and it was pretty amazing. They had a Halloween jack-o'-lantern, a basketball, uh, a human eye. That's probably the one that's been talked about the most is the human eye because it just looks so real. It's just crazy, blinking in the whole bit, right? Big Brother's watching. Yep. Let's see. Well, if you think about it, though, think of the LED light stuff, though. I mean, imagine Fourth of July or special shows, New Year's Eve, things like that. It's going to be it, – it, it, yeah. has, it has changed – the skyline of Las Vegas. Well, I'm just thinking, and you were involved with this, is the drone. Uh, yes. Instead of fireworks, right. the right. drones with the LEDs. Right. This, this might knock it up a notch. It's, it's, it's hard to describe this without seeing it. And what you see on television or in photos or whatever is amazing. But when you see it, for real, in person, you're, you're just like, it's like you're awestruck by it. I mean, it actually, it's so bright that you How could, bright was it? Okay, sorry. It just, it just, <laughs> when you're in the vicinity, vicinity of this thing, I mean, when I, when I drove by it, right, in, in that crazy traffic space, it's, it's actually, it's hard to drive by it. I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of accidents around this thing if they don't do something about it because people are going to be like, that's an eyeball, and bang, right into the car in front of them or whatever because you cannot not look at it. So my takeaway at the moment, uh, at the moment is do you know what's more amazing than the sphere itself? No. Marlo is at a loss of words trying to describe the sphere. Marlo is at a wow. loss of words. Wow. Thanks for that, that. That doesn't ever happen. Thanks for that. But that doesn't happen. Not much. Well, but to me, that tells me how cool this thing is. It's very cool. I would, I would, uh, you know, I was there for 16 days or whatever this last trip here, and I didn't have an hour to spend around it. I mean, the time that I would have had to spend around it, was the time I got caught in traffic going by the darn thing. So a lot of our listeners so, are familiar with Las Vegas. Where is it located at? So do you know where, um, like, Bally's? It's just, so it's right by the Sands Convention oh, Center. okay. Right across the street. In fact, they're building a walkway from the Sands Convention Center to this, so that way you don't have to be in all that traffic 
that's on the street. So that'll be kind of nice. Okay, I, I just thought of something that's kind of creepy. They got the walkway, and you were talking about the giant eyeball. Oh yeah, giant mouth. And oh yeah, yeah, you like, could. You, <laughs> you can do all kinds of crazy it'll stuff. Freak but people right out. Don't freak people out. No, it's, it's actually bigger than the the Las Vegas Raiders football stadium. So it's three hundred and sixty feet, three hundred and sixty six feet high, five eighty six wide. I think it is. Um, we'll seat seventeen thousand six hundred spectators. It has standing space for another twenty six hundred people, so twenty thousand people can can be in this thing when they have events. Um, the interior has this is insane. The venue's interior is defined by its hundred and sixty thousand square feet of sixteen K resolution LED screens. Wow. 160,000 square feet of LED screens that blanket this performance stage backdrop and the ceiling. So you, you think you're immersed on the outside. Well, I'm not that far away from the whole IMAX experience thing. Oh, this this is this is Except on a, on steroids. This is on a level that nobody's ever experienced before because this is going to be totally surround around you. So when U2 is playing and they're playing, they'll have imagery going on around you like you've never imagined. Oh, it gets better. It gets better. So this thing is a billion dollars over a budget. Who built this? It was uh, the Madison Square Garden Entertainment Group. And, and I see MSG and I'm like, right. here's a Chinese Chinese whatever that's, that yeah. built this? What? No, Chinese but, food again. But yeah, Madison Square Garden uh, Entertainment Group out of, I'm guessing, Boston, right? That's from really? Madison Square Garden. Is that right? New York. Out of New York. Uh, <laughs> Bear with him, folks. He drove a long way. <laughs> I did drive a long way. <laughs> it would be Did New you York. know that Billy Joel has sold out Madison Square Garden for, what, 138 shows in a row now? Yeah. Just, just throwing a, a random odd fact out there. I'm just amazed by that. That's just stunning to I'd me. I'd go. I would, too. If I was in New York. I would, too. My wife wants to go to New York. Um. All right. And the the highly immersive experience for concerts and events is supported not just by the LED screens, which again is a hundred and sixty thousand square feet. That's insane. Sixteen K resolution. It's the highest resolution on the planet, and it's as big as you can imagine. So I have two questions. A billion dollars over budget. What was the budget? A billion dollars. So they thought they could build this for a billion dollars. And it went a billion over. And it's a billion over. So That's just chump change. Well, my two thoughts are, how did they think they were going to pay for it? And what does a U2 ticket cost? It's going to be expensive, I'm sure. I, I haven't looked at that. That's a great question. Nosebleed seats, 20 yeah. grand. All yeah. right. Has 100, 164,000 speakers in this place. Oh, my gosh. Remember, it only holds twenty thousand people. So if it holds, if you fill the so place, are they like little tweeters things, or that's eight speakers per person. Yeah, so they're they're using uh, also the it's use like my of my truck, vibrating seats, scents, and wind. They can stir up a tornado, make it sound like it just went through the pasture. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. So 
I, 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 so my I, hair, my I, hair, my hair. After I get it all all in place to go into this place, now they're gonna put wind to it again. So I'll, my hair will never be good when I go in this place. I actually, I could. See, I want to say hair. It's it's singular. I, I, I could see orchestras playing in there and being absolutely phenomenal, especially the wind section. <laughs> <laughs> Percussion, uh, you're okay. But like, wind uh, section's gonna um, be amazing. Uh, Riders of the Storm. Well, you know, when when the Blues Brothers yeah. did that in uh, the second movie, right? And they had the um, I try not coming to in. Think of the second movie. I, I but that that yeah. that's the only part that I enjoyed. Really yeah. is. I, I guess there's a few of them in there, but but that song, how they did that, was really cool. That would be amazing in there because well, they could bring the wind in and all of that. I think right? of some of the bands that could play in. Uh, all right, so remember when Metallica did the um, the orchestra? They were doing all these symphonies. Their symphony tours and symphony album, and they were working and something like that. Could, could you imagine filming a music video in there? Oh yeah, I'm sure that'll happen a that, lot. That's got to happen. Of course it will. So there's another venue in Vegas and L.A. and I think Orlando called View V U E. Oh, is that that studio you told me about? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's got that huge screen that you use. And as you're a green. totally immersed. Yep. Totally immersed. That type of thing will probably be used more because they're so they used uh, they used that venue for um, the Mandalorian. You know, oh, when okay. flying around and all this other stuff. And they've done other scenes or other things in there too. You but mean he doesn't really fly? Doesn't fly. I know, hard to believe, but they're able to do those type of effects pretty reasonably because instead of dropping a lot of CGI into the thing, it's actually going on behind them. They actually create the scene while they're flying around in it, which is kind of cool. And I think better for actors too, because a lot of times if you're in front of a green screen, you have like no clue what's going on around you. You got to, you really have to be very, very good about imagining what's going on around you to make those scenes work. Now you can interact with this. Which, by the way, we, we got to finish up on the sphere. Yeah, yeah. But that is a great segue for a future segment we're going to talk about with AI. So just yes. visit about that yes. in a bit. All right. So going on with the sphere, the, um, the U2 residency starts September 29th. It runs through December, so there's uh, 17 shows. So it's an actual shows. residency. 17 shows that they're playing, yep. Well, with the Sphere, I, I've got this song stuck in my head now. The uh, ways. The budget actually got to $2.3 so $1.3 over budget. So this is the other thing, too, and I was... Okay, here it is. Okay. the uh, So just to give you an idea, uh, the Allegiant Stadium... Raiders. The Raiders... Which I think is small, but cost two thousand people. I think cost one point nine billion dollars. So it costs more than the football stadium. Costs more than the football stadium. The uh, hey, if he, you're able to have all this CGI and these cameras and and all this AI and stuff in the sphere, maybe the Raiders should play there and they might win a game. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. They're still going to fill the stadium every time. It's all about yeah. the it's all about the home or the away team, right? In Vegas, it's all about the away team. Well, and Vegas. that's why I think it should have been a hundred ten thousand seat stadium, probably. Well, if you think about it, so yes. you got and Vegas on the West Coast, the the Raiders you, travel. You've got the Oakland fans, you've got the L.A. fans, which is actually their biggest fan base, at which 
four and a half hours away. And then now you have the, the Vegas fans plus pick a visiting team. And at any given time, you don't think you could sell 10,000 tickets of people who just happen to be in Vegas and want to go to an NFL game yeah. plus 20,000 of, I mean, there's a cheap flight to Vegas from everywhere. I know that could have been a 110,000 seat stadium. So maybe they don't have the infrastructure for all of that. I don't know. That would be significant. Yeah. I mean, where they have it at right now, I don't think it could support 110,000 people thinking coming in that space. Ticket prices, and I mean, from an owner's perspective, yeah. if you've got a college football stadium and you're filling it every week, cha-ching! Yeah. The uh, the stadium, though, is beautiful. Just down here. I, I was in there for the uh, Imagine Dragons concert. Oh, my goodness. It's just unbelievable. Well, my brother-in-law's got tickets, and he said it, the stadium's awesome. It's, yeah, it's awesome. It's just awesome. Um, T-Mobile Arena, home of the NHL Vegan, Vegas Golden Knights. Yep. $375 million. And that's a beautiful stadium as well. It is. So the fact that this Every thing costs... Every UND fan has been there. Yes, that's right. $2.3 billion for something that we can see, just everybody can see. I mean, obviously the inside... But it's Vegas. You know, you, you chalk that up to your marketing budget, right? Yes, yep. It's about the splash. It is about the splash. So anyway, it's 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 a sight to behold, and if you get the opportunity, go see the sphere. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. Ranch. Let's rejoin Marlo and Steve as they guide us through the fascinating world of technology. Well, we it's hard to believe that we haven't talked about AI for a while. Okay, so I mean in in a meaningful way. Well, yeah, but we haven't been in the same room for a while yeah. either. That kind of makes a difference. But because something comes up every day with AI. So a lot has happened. But I want to go back and talk about the impact AI is having without actually doing anything yet of consequence. Okay. So the strike, the writer's strike and the actor's strike. Right. And... It's come to light in this past week why all the actors are out on the picket line. It's not so much for the big blockbuster box office star. Um, it's about the extras. So the extras, it's a marginal living to be an extra anyway. Um, if, if you do 20 roles a year, it might be a, a little bit. You got to make like $26,000 a year to get the, or 23000 to get the insurance from, uh, SAG and okay. AFTRA. Okay. Um, so extras don't make a lot of money. Right. But they're necessary. The studios want to take AI and pay somebody to get their likeness once. And then we're done with you. Yep. Because now we've got extras forever. Right. That's at the crux of why you see the actors and writers on strike right now. The writers are on strike because of chat GPT and the actors are on strike because of AI. So look at the impact in that workplace that AI and chat GPT are having and they haven't done anything yet. Yeah, we're, it's all in its infancy. It is, but People are afraid of it. Well, there are tools out there now that if you give it a premise, um, it'll actually take and write a little bit of a script for you and then actually create video from that script. 
You're kidding me. No. No. The world of video, visual, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this, is changing as we speak. And it won't surprise me in the very near future that we may even have full-blown television shows that are just somebody has an idea, which somebody has to still have the idea, right? And uh, But then from there, AI creates the characters and do, does all this stuff, and then that script gets turned into this other AI that will create the video for this. And then you start tweaking the video. You say, oh, I don't like this, or I like this, or make that bigger, make this smaller, different color, whatever. But you start giving it direction, and it creates the video for you. As long and, as the laugh track lines up. That that, then it doesn't yeah, matter, right? Yeah, fine. that's right. Because some of that's those shows right. from the 70s, that didn't always happen. Yeah. Um, but if you look at the – great example, too, like with the chat GPT um, – there's a whole segment of society out there that they've been working on their novel. They're going to write a oh, novel. Yeah. It's yeah. going to, that's my life's ambition. I'm yeah, going to write absolutely. a novel. Now they can. That's correct. I'm going to write a screenplay. Got to write a screenplay. Now they might. Yeah. It's, well, it, a lot of times it's the time element. I mean, yeah. to, to write a book or a screenplay or whatever. Because most people have a day job. Right. So now, but you have you have this premise, you have this idea, right? Now you can put it into something and make it reality. So uh, there's good and bad to this, and like almost anything else. Write me a screenplay that's going to get me ten Academy Awards. Okay. <laughs> you notice that I I, yeah, I didn't I, think that was no. Un- that's not out past- of the realm of no, possibility. No, not. You just got to ask the right question. That's correct. And then AI will be able to analyze, okay, what are the successful movies? What are the elements of the successful movies? And build it all in. I mean, that's correct. It, it, it might be the world according to GARP, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. Or, or History of the World Part Two. Yeah, but that's but, what it will but, do. Uh, but it could. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of the songs, uh, I mean, you're starting to see the emergence of music. Yeah. Which. Oh, by the way, we have to correct something. Yeah. So the Beatles is not using AI, the new release of uh, the Beatles here in September. Damn you, mainstream media. I know. It was somebody had fabricated this rumor, and it, and it went crazy. And uh, But Paul McCartney has now come out and said that John Lennon is not an AI in this. So they must, must have old tracks that they're that have never been released before that now or, they're putting together. for marketing reasons, maybe it is AI, but they decided to keep it hidden because people <laughs> were upset about it. <laughs> Who knows? All right. I'm not saying that that's not possible either. But as of now, fold my it's, tinfoil it's hat. Not, yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, I, it's it's changing. AI is changing the entertainment world. It, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. So I can see why the the that they're striking on this. And I, you know, and, and since I'm kind of quasi in this business now, um, there is this huge divide between the companies who do the stuff. And the talent. Because they're looking at profit margin. Oh, my goodness. It's the bottom line, period. It's all about money. It okay. truly is all about money, which I understand it should be as well. I mean, you need to make a profit when you do these things. But they they could – some of these people could just care less. So you know me, and I'm 
I've got a plethora of knowledge because I'm a movie buff. I, I love old movies yep. and I can pull lines out of my hat. Yep. And, and when I look at film and I look at movies and the history of movies and there's a nostalgia there that I don't think AI can create uh, because there's different genres. There's different. Well, now, but okay, you say that now. Think of a Humphrey Bogart movie from back in the day. Right. Uh, you know, if AI's making it, are you going to make a movie like that anymore? I mean, it, it, I see some loss with some gain, and I'm not sure as a fan. I'm willing to put up with the loss. I think about like music. I, I'm okay with adding things, yep. but I don't want to lose things in the process. So some of the nuances of film and, and making those movies and the backstory and, you know, hey, this actor was a pain in the butt and this one wasn't and this guy's good. The stories around the films and the filming and the production yeah, to me that gets lost. It does get lost because there's an art form to all of that. There is. Um, I think about musicians too a lot nowadays and how things have changed so much for them in the last couple decades, uh, but especially recent history here. But you think about all of this stuff, uh, music in particular though, to me, and when you're a new musician and you're on the rise, right, it's not that you're you're not just competing with the current stuff anymore. You're competing against everything else before for airplay. Right. Because the Beatles are still relevant. And you you as a musician are competing against the Beatles yet. You know, and now all of a sudden you have AI and everything else coming along that's gonna create even a quadrillion more types of music and, and who knows what else. Um, I think it just gets tougher and tougher and tougher because the competition just becomes just so so crazy that a lot of people who are talented can't make a living at it and they just won't do it. I, I'm just see. happy to see that a lot of high school kids are starting to appreciate hair bands from the 80s again. Yes. It makes me feel good. See, things recycle. They, they come do. back about every 10 years. If you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. Welcome to July 22nd, 2023 in the National Day calendar. Today, we're hanging loose while indulging in a tropical treat. Brian Simpkins writes, Dear FedEx, what does Denny Hamlin do to relax? It's funny you should ask, Brian. Denny was just saying that he finds a few hours of yard work to be a great way to unwind. Let's kick off with a bit of relaxation on National Hammock Day. Originally used by sailors on ships to maximize space and provide comfort, hammocks have come a long way. You're spinning around and apparently every time you get dizzy. They've become symbols of summer relaxation and leisure, often seen strung up between trees in backyards or in camping sites. 
Many believe that the use of hammocks dates back over a thousand years to Central America, where the Maya and other indigenous peoples crafted them from tree bark or plant fibers. Today, whether it's for a nap in the shade or a night under the stars, hammocks have found a cherished place in our hearts and homes. So on National Hammock Day, find a cozy spot, string up your hammock, and sway your cares away. Mango! Mango! Mango, you're incredible! Incredible, we gotta get you in the recording studio! You're going to be bigger than Jennifer Lopez. From relaxation, we move to a bit of tropical indulgence. Did you know that mangoes are one of the most popular fruits in the world? These sweet, juicy fruits have been grown in South Asia for thousands of years. They were so cherished that they even found their way into folklore, art, and poetry. Over time, mangoes have spread globally thanks to Portuguese explorers who took them on their voyages during the 15th and 16th centuries. On National Mango Day, why not enjoy this delicious fruit in all its forms? KLXX AM, Mandan Bismarck, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union Studio. Here's the latest from ABC News. I'm Dave Packer. A Trump-appointed federal judge setting a trial date of May 20th, 2024 for the classified documents case against former President Trump in Florida. Just months from the presidential election, ABC News senior national correspondent Terry Moran on the other federal case. The immediate legal concern for the former president is the grand jury investigation here in Washington, D.C. into his efforts to overturn the 2020 election. All signs pointing to an imminent indictment there perhaps as soon as Monday, setting in motion a now familiar process. Donald Trump in a courtroom, arrested, arraigned, and charged. And in Georgia, Trump could face state criminal charges stemming from alleged efforts to change the election results there. That decision could come in just a few weeks. The investigation into the Gilgo Beach murders now expanding nationwide. While the focus remains in New York and near his Long Island home, authorities in other states are cross-referencing accused Killer Rex Heuerman's whereabouts, with other cold cases near properties he owned and places he visited. In Rock Hill, South Carolina, police trying to determine if Hewerman could be connected to the 2014 disappearance of Aaliyah Bell. The 18-year-old went missing about 20 miles from the vacant lots Hewerman owned there. And in New Jersey, another cold case from 2006. Police looking for a link between Hewerman and four women working as prostitutes killed near Atlantic City. Their bodies found in a watery ditch. ABC's Jacqueline Lee. Brace yourself if you're in the heartland. You're about to get some of the Southwest's heat. The record-breaking heat continues in the southwest, but we have this ridge building. We're going to see heat now moving to areas like the Midwest, where they were unseasonably cool, 70s just a week ago. Cities like Fargo, near triple digits, Lincoln, Nebraska, around 100 degrees by Wednesday, 101 on Monday. And it's not just in the U.S. We're seeing extensive heat waves across the globe. ABC meteorologist Samara Theodore. This is ABC News. Super Talk 1270. Bismarck Area Weather. With your forecast, I'm Corey Hartman. For today, mostly sunny, a high near 88. Mostly clear tonight, lows around 62. Sunny and warm for Sunday with a high near 93. Sunny and 91 on Monday and warm again for Tuesday. Mostly sunny, breezy, and a high near 94 degrees. Grandpa's barbecue sauce is perfect for summer grilling. Get it at grandpasbbqshop.com. Currently 83 degrees. You took the first step and quit smoking. But even former smokers may still be at risk for lung cancer. 
That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know about a new low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early. It takes only 60 seconds and could save your life. You took the first step, now take the next. Visit SaveByTheScan.org for a simple quiz to see if you're eligible and talk to your doctor about screening. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Talk of the Town with Steve Bakken. Weekday mornings starting at 9 on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app. Portions of the following program are pre-recorded. Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. So you had you have other comments yet on the music thing? Well, I so I'm a big music. I've been in broadcasting for forty some years, and most of that on the music side of things. And again, like in the movies, the backstories of the songs. Um, you know, if you're a country music fan, uh, Jeffrey Steele is huge. He wrote every hit in the '80s and '90s. It seems like, um, and the stories around those songs, like uh, country song "Brand New Girlfriend," and I listened to him tell that story about the, him and a bunch of other songwriters were sitting together trying to come up with a song because they had to come up with a song for the record label, and they all had writer's block. And it's a Sunday afternoon, and one of the writers like, "I gotta go." And, well, we we got to come up with a song. You can't leave you. I said, "No, I gotta." I got to go. I've got a date. Well, what do you mean you got a date? He's like, well, I got a brand new girlfriend. Ding. There's a song. They wrote in a half hour after that. And huge country hit. Um, rock. I, I, I'm a huge Bob Seger fan. My favorite Bob Seger song is Hollywood Nights. The drum riff on that. So if you've got AI, you just create that drum riff. But the drum riff with that doubled up pace, they labored in the studio to come up with that, that sound because it wasn't quite there. Bob Seger wanted it to sound a little differently and they wanted it to have a, a faster pace. So they double dubbed it and played the track back over the other track just a hair, just a smidge off. And that's why you get that speeded up drum beat that is so famous in that song. We lose the stories, Marlo. The stories behind the music and the stories behind the film, it, it goes away. And that's the part that I miss because I appreciate that side because those are the things that live on well beyond a song. I mean, especially in today's pop era culture, whether it's country music or pop music, or, you know, you got a song and it's on the charts and it's gone and it, it's gone. But the stories behind the songs live on forever. You know, 10 years from now, a song that might be number one on the charts, there's going to be some little backstory filming a story story about that artist and the story is going to come up about that song. It's the backstory. And for me, that's what 
rounds out the entire experience of entertainment, whether it's song or film or television. Those are the parts I think we are, are very – we have to be very careful to not lose those elements. Yeah, I, and I don't know what the answer is to that. I Because they don't exist with AI. And you know you know me. I mean I, I, I jump in with both feet when it comes to technology. Right. I, I've thought about this too because I also love – But I like addition, not subtraction. Yes. So we got to be careful so we can add I'm, but I'm, don't subtract. I'm not the movie buff you are. I mean I love movies. I always have. But I'm not one to go watch movies and then, you know, for the sake of, you know, you're, you're, you're a critical, I'm trying to think of the nicest way to say this, but if there's something that's not quite right about a movie, like, like in a scene they had sunglasses on and the next one they had different right. types of sunglasses, you pick that up. I, I notice that you stuff. You know that stuff. You, what, you know, one so of the ones that drives me nuts to this day, cause I'm a big World War II history buff and I love World War II movies. And the original Midway. Right. You know, when Charleston Heston's coming in on the plane and he's flying this heap that's been shot to heck and, and it's coming in for the landing and you don't know if he's going to make it and he winds up crashing and fiery ball. It was a jet. They used stock footage from a Korean era jet. I'm like, they didn't have jets in World War II until the very end when the Germans had them. But that's not right. Right. That drives me nuts. And then with CGI today, I'm like, and I don't know where I'm at because some movies have done this. So I'm not really sure where I'm at unless you fully disclose it. I don't think it's right. But fully disclose that there was an error made in the historical portion of that and we're going to fix it. Okay, go fix that. Today, it's really easy. You can go fix that scene and have actual footage of the plane that he was really flying crashing. You've got that footage or you can create that. That's okay. I don't think it's okay, though, when they go back and re-edit films because, well, it's a woke agenda or, you know, we're going to change this because, you know, slavery was bad and we didn't think of it. That's not okay to me. So fix things that are incorrect. Don't rewrite film because there's also been a a push. And I think this is part of what the writers and and the actors are complaining about as well with the strike is there's been a push to rewrite some of the movies that, well, that scene's a little – no, that was in the movie. Leave it alone. Don't don't make it – there's almost a sense like a lot of things to fit a political agenda. Let's make everything vanilla. Well, uh, you can't do that. Could you imagine taking Blazing Saddles and making it vanilla? <laughs> but you got to remember. But you have a hard time. You have a hard time even finding that film anymore. Well, it was off the air. Yeah. For, I mean, it would show up on IFC yeah. and some other channels, uh, which unfortunately, that's one of those movies that. It's impossible to watch edited, uh, but it was poking fun in the things that were wrong at the time. Exactly, and, and you got to remember that's okay because things exist for a reason, and it's okay to go look how stupid this is and poke fun at it. Otherwise, again, everything's vanilla. Right. So you know, kind of getting back to my music thing too with artificial intelligence and. You combine that with other technologies. So you have artists nowadays, too, that are going to be competing, and not just in 
on the charts or whatever else or selling music, but in concert venues. Yeah. I guarantee you that the sphere we were just talking about, how it's long? It's going to be huge. When, when do you think the next uh, Taylor Swift um, concert? Holographic <laughs> concert will take place oh. there. Can you imagine when the debut of the, the Michael Whitney Jackson uh, holographic concert will when that when that when that debuts? I, I'm going to put money on it right now that it debuts in the sphere. It has to. It has to. How so, long before Whitney Houston's there? I don't know if Whitney Houston will make it there. Really? I don't. I don't think her show's doing well. It does okay. But is it from what I've heard though, and, and some, from some of the clips I've seen, I think it's constrained by the technology. Well, that's so with the sphere possible. I actually, that. I actually think it's more constrained by the people who created it. And I think you and I talked about this one time. So when I went to it, I, the thing that I thought was the most distracting about the Whitney Houston holographic concert. I don't know how else to describe it, but it's not her, of course, but they have everybody else around her is live, but she's a hologram image, you know? So anyway, she, uh, at the end of a song will whisk away into the air or turn into a bunch of stars or whatever. And then she'll come back with a different dress on or whatever, which is fine. I know I know they used to do that a lot anyway. But the way that she disappears after a song, to me, they would have done better if they would have allowed her or would have programmed her to tell stories about her life and share that with the audience or whatever instead of drifting off into some whimsical type of thing because it took you out of the element. If you really were getting into the song... And all of a sudden, and now she just fantasy. And then all of a sudden, you're just like, "What is that? What what just happened here?" Yeah, yeah. I see that 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 would be distracting. It is very distracting. So I was really surprised by that. And granted, I'm sure they were trying to show off what's possible with this technology. But isn't the whole point of doing this so that you can be part? You know that that you're sharing. She's sharing her or whoever's programming this is sharing the memories of her. So part of entertainment so. is. The immersion factor. Yes. So uh, I go to a movie to get lost in a movie for a couple hours. Mission Impossible, by the way. Really? Yeah, you have to see that movie. Is that good? It's very good. Well, Oppenheimer just came out. I know. That's going to be, I'm sure that'll be amazing too. I know you're going to the Barbie movie, but I'm going to Oppenheimer. (laughs) So. I'm going to switch tickets on you. <laughs> You're going to dye those three hair pink, aren't you? Wait, I thought this was Oppenheimer. What's going on here? Yeah, yeah. My my three hairs are going to be pink now. Yeah, that's but funny. but it's about the immersion. Yep. So if you're going to go in and in a case like that where they take the technology and and you get immersed into a song or the moment and it could, because. That's why there's stadium shows. I mean, you you watch stadium shows and watch the crowd sometime. Don't right. watch the the show. Watch the crowd, and people are completely immersed in the moment, and they get lost in that. Which and is that's why, they, why go. they go. Yeah. So if you're gonna have a, a oh pixie dust and in you're losing the immersion you factor. One hundred percent. Which is ninety percent of the reason why somebody goes. But this is interesting. I never thought about the holographic concert stuff, and and having it in that in that sphere is going to be like unbelievable. I mean, you're 164,000 speakers wrapped around you. I mean that that uh, and then they're doing. I forget audio. 
So I've projection. heard a surround sound before, but yeah, yeah. damn. I know, I know. I, 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 can't ima- I, just, I can't even imagine what that must be like, but they have some type of audio f- um, technology that they're using. I wonder so, if I could replicate that in my vehicle. <laughs> I know some people who've tried. How many speakers could I get into my truck? I know some people who've tried. Did it work? <laughs> I love when their vehicles go down the road and <laughs> it just bounces as it goes along. All of a sudden oh, the windows goodness. blow out. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> I uh, um, I just think that, I don't know, I, I think the, the holographic image thing for musicians is really going to be very problematic. It's it's kind of like um, James Earl Jones and Darth Vader, right? Nobody will, ever, nobody will ever replace him as Darth Vader because of the agreement that yeah. they made, which is kind of cool. Or should they? Which is kind of cool, right? Because there's there's a few characters that have been so iconic. 100, 100% agree with that. I think it's really, really cool. But as you move forward, now you're an actor, and it's not you're, not you're not even competing against the current actors and the old stuff. Now you got to compete against computer generated stuff. Yeah. Oh my goodness! What? Well, how do I even? How and, do I even survive this? And possibly yourself. Yes, you could. You could be competing against yourself because of this. Yes, depending on the marketing agreement. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, look at the agreements you and I have. <laughs> <laughs> the Tech Ranch. Huh? Ranch. Let's rejoin Marlo and Steve as they guide us through the fascinating world of technology. <laughs> so, did you know that uh, um, there's actually an AI that after you record a song, you can run it through it and it will tell you how to make it a hit? That does not surprise me. So, Well, it's like the writing side. It's like, write me a hit song. It's expensive, but and there have been songs that have been rumored to have gone through this process. And, Apple iTunes, and, number one song, which was uh, two different artists. It, it was AI. It yeah. Not, oh, yeah, yeah. Not the artist. Remember yeah, that? That was yeah. about a month or yeah, so yeah. ago, and they wound up pulling it yep, because people figured it, it finally – it leaked out that it was AI that did the song. Right. And I forget the name of the song. It was a pop hit, and people were a little upset. So you'll, you'll have more and more of that, and it will become commonplace. Pretty soon it'll just be, I just like the song. Doesn't matter who's generating it. And so the question is, now you're looking at, all right, going to old school here. Yep. There were fans of Millie Vanilli. Oh, yeah. I love Millie Vanilli. But love the music. Millie Vanilli was a marketing piece. Yep. They didn't sing those songs. They lip synced those right. songs. The songs were sung by somebody else. Yep. So they were the front, the marketing piece for that band or yep. the, 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 the musician this, that yep. was created. So the future of music with AI, will we have new artists? Will, are we going to be stuck with the artists that we currently have and that's it because they're going to go, hey, uh, Luke Combs needs to sing a new hit, yeah. so make a Luke Combs song with a hit or a George Strait or... Uh, you can't tell me that's not happening right now. Yeah. Hey, remember I mean, back you, in the 70s and 80s if you wanted a hit song? Uh, if you truly wanted a hit song, two and a half minutes. Make it two and a half yep. minutes because that was... And I figured it out. It was the ear candy component because at two and a half minutes, whether you like the song or not, it was about spins. 
That's how the, the, the ratings were. It was about how many times did that record get spun on right. the local radio stations. Right. So it was about spins. The more spins you had, the higher you were on the charts. And a two-and-a-half-minute song, you didn't hear it enough to know if you liked it or not, but you wanted to hear it again to figure out if you liked it or not. So if you wrote a two-and-a-half-minute song, you got a lot of spins. So you want to hit? Short song. Interesting. That, that's how that worked. Yeah. Hey, uh, Greg Kinn, the breakup song. Uh, uh, there's a bunch of them out there. A lot of them were one-hit wonders, don't but you, short don't, song. Don't you think that companies who are developing artificial intelligence in the music space, and we'll just stay in the music space, because, but this, this transfers over to any type of entertainment we have, right, um, are not starting to reach out to get rights I mean, I, I can't imagine like like the estate of Elvis, George Jones, all of these yeah. are ripe for the Michael taking. Jackson. Mike, oh my goodness, yeah. And then and then you George Strait. What you do then is you put in the entire collection of George Strait into the artificial intelligence, and then say, create me another George Jones song. Yeah. And and was a bang, was a boom. Here you go. Yeah, or. Every three months, I want a new Michael Jackson yeah, song to yeah, come out. Yeah, exactly. And it would. It, of course, it would. Of course, it would. And if it stayed true to the 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 vision of Michael Jackson, so to speak, then it would probably continue. I mean, you look at the weekend. You know, the the artist, the weekend. Right. I mean, he really bursted onto the charts because he sounded an awful like a lot like Michael Jackson. It was just it was uncanny. The first time I heard him, I'm like, he was half of the song that uh, got pulled off of iTunes by the right, way. That's yeah, right. The weekend was um the first time I heard him, I'm like, is this an unreleased Michael Jackson song? I mean, I really I really dug into it before I found out it was even a different artist because he sounded so much like him, but then that's what catapulted him to to the fame that he has now in my opinion. So here's a different but, space. Um think of collections and, and you're going to put everything in all into the the ai system um you know I, i'm sh you know the beatles you mentioned the beatles yep. so there's a lot of master tapes out there that have been unfinished unmastered just here's the raw yeah so think of prince how, well that was the oh other one. my goodness it's like i i, I hear he has vaults so and vaults and yeah, vaults so of, much music sitting over there put everything on tape and it just sat there so in the style of prince finish these masters yeah you'd have prince music coming out for a hundred years so and and then the thing is then how do you feel about that? I mean, if you're if you're a true Prince fan, right? Do you do you say, "Oh my goodness, I'm going to get a chance to listen to more of Prince's music," or are you mad because this is now an AI creating what it thinks should be Prince? So here's the difference, though. I think in moderation. So if you've got an artist who's passed away and it's like, okay, I really loved his music, taken before his time. And I think Which if it was ironically a, a lot of musicians yeah. were I think if it was a song I'm just thinking about myself if it's, if it's a song that wasn't quite finished yet I I think I'm okay with that AI finishing it yeah it was okay. close right yeah but go ahead. Um but if you've got so in moderation I think okay yeah just 
just uh, because what it's going to do is it's going to wet your whistle and you're going to go, oh, I'm going to go back and listen to that 1999 album or gosh, that Leonard Skinner album that's been dusty on my cl- – I'm going to go back and listen to that. I think in terms of that, but I will put the caveat on it. Without full disclosure and letting the media and the public and everybody know that this is what it is and this is a rendition, a version of what that artist probably would have done or been close to and let me know that it's AI – I would be okay with it. So you if don't they, want a Milli Vanilli type of scenario that no. happens again. That, if, if, that if later they, it comes out and says, hey, it was AI that finished the song yeah. or something. But if you do it right away. If you do it up front and like, go, what, hey. If, I've know, always wondered about Milli Vanilli. If, you, if they would have just come out and said, hey, these are just the front guys. This is the music that they're doing. Yeah. They might have been okay because the music was pretty good for the its time. The music was pretty good. Yeah. It's like Blame it are, on the rain. I love that song. These are just the dancers yeah. in front. Yeah. These are our front. You yeah. know? Um, so I think I would be okay in that space if, if full disclosure, just let me know because I want to be able to go, this is what I'm listening to. It's not the artist. But you know what? If the artist is still making music, then – it would probably be pretty close to this, and I would be okay with that. But if I came out and found later that I'm like, ah, I'm not going to be happy. So is this, as we're talking about this, is this very disheartening for up-and-coming musicians? I don't know how it's not. I mean, if you take a look, well, take a look at what's going on in film um, with the writer's strike and the, and the, the actor's strike, and... Take a look at Nashville, and we're going to pick on country music because that's really the heart of writers and singer-songwriters. And in Nashville, you're, you probably you probably get a pretty good living as a songwriter. Sure. And, and that's getting the publishing deal is the holy grail. The artist is like, yeah, okay, fine. It's the publishing deal. Yep. That has the potential of all going away. Yes, so I uh, um, I agree. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about that. I mean, that. It's, a, it's a lot to think about. Yeah. It truly is. Yeah. I, I, I know so many musicians love their work, and I'm just afraid that this is going to... I mean, it could help them, too. I, I guess it's kind of the great frontier yet. I mean, maybe they can make more music and, and make it more relevant, which could be a good thing. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. Technology comes alive. Let's dive back into the conversation with Marlo and Steve. And don't forget to check out thetechranch.com for more. You're tuned to The Tech Ranch. Steve Bach along with Marlo Anderson. And uh, Marlo's stepping out of the studio for a few minutes. Chris joining us now because this is a little bit more of your wheelhouse. We're talking about AI right now. And what we're talking about was music and movies and uh, the different facets of AI coming in. A little bit of the stuff that's going on right now with uh, the actor and writer strike uh, based on AI. Um, one of the things that is really potentially, because we're talking about some of the things that AI or Chad GPT can potentially do in, in um, the actor and writer strike is because of what it could do. And education is a big place that it can make a lot of changes, uh, whether it's um, uh, the Chad GPT, something as simple as that, write me a, a term paper about blah, 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 blah with these parameters in my writing style, boom, done, who did it? Um, the artificial intelligence stuff, though, what that can do from an educational, both positive and negative, you know, 
Chris, what's your take on that? Because I, I, I could see both sides. Like I always see the nefarious side, but I always am a glass half full guy. So I can see both sides of AI and education. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think from me, from my standpoint, and I'm currently getting my master's degree. So this is really, um, got affected me personally because, you know, everyone at the, the, you have your plagiarism checkers, like turn it in that will scan your text of papers you submit to see if you've plagiarized anything anywhere else. Um, but they're not perfect um, themselves because I've noticed that even my reference, my reference lists, even though I've cited everything I need to cite in that paper, the AI that's checking my paper to see if I've cheated flags my entire reference list as plagiarism because a different paper used the same references. <laughs> now, that's one aspect of AI trying to catch cheating, but then the Okay, that's they, something fixable though. Yeah. It's small and it's yeah. fixable. They mm-hmm. they can fix that algorithm. Right. But as far as ChatGPT and those go, um I've used them a couple of different ways in my classes. One was I was supposed to write about the potential for new technology in marketing. And so my argument was that AI could play a marketing role Huge. In, in, in developing copy and whatnot. And I actually used ChatGPT to generate some of my term papers, but I still cited them. And I was look, going back and looking, and there's actually a standard where um, basically I'm interviewing ChatGPT is what the um, reference citationers say. So you have to put it down that this is a personal conversation with the chat GPT algorithm and this is what it spit out. Um, so it wasn't – I wasn't like writing whole lengths of paper, but it was like small subsets. Say, give me an example copy of why people should visit North Dakota, something like that. And that's what I wrote and I just cited it and it was all good. Nobody dinged me on it. The other piece is I've used it to generate an outline. So I'll say, here's the prompt I have from my teacher. Give me an outline. Where should I start? And it'll just it'll just pull things and it says, okay, it'll organize my thoughts for me as a me sitting okay. down. And- from a writer's perspective, mm-hmm. that's a huge step mm-hmm. because you know writer's block and people will sit there and their wheels will spin because they don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. So organizing your thoughts and getting uh, an order of how to progress through a project like that, that's huge. Mm-hmm. That's huge from an educational perspective yeah. or a business perspective right. as well. My wife's always accusing me of overthinking things when it comes to my homework and I don't use ChatGPT every week, but my wife never accuses me of thinking. It just doesn't happen. So yeah, it's been it's been helpful to kind of just lay out the um, parameters of what I'm going to write, and then I write it. But I still have to go out and I still have to cite my sources, and because ultimately I'm just I'm pulling ideas from other people that have they're already out there, and I'm putting them in my own words. So from that standpoint, is AI any different? AI is pulling information that's already been published using some sort of algorithm to determine what words come after which words. You just don't know what the source is. There's no way in the AI to see where did you get that from? What website was that? What article was that from? At some point, can't you write that in to the AI algorithm? You should be able to. Now – You'd have to let them out into the wild. Though. Okay, so well, it, could it be as simple as asking the question? It's like, okay, write me this, and oh, by the way, cite your sources. 
Yeah, you could do that. I have noticed though that um, I've asked ChatGPT to give me um, a list of songs about bananas for, <laughs> for National Banana Day because <laughs> I have run the radio station and it's like I want a list of songs about bananas. Every single song that it wrote hey, for me. Oh. It didn't even put that one in there. Are you kidding me? No, every song it gave me. Probably the most famous banana song of all time. Was fictional. It made stuff up. It made stuff up. So that's the big block on that. Can you trust it to do the sources? I think that's where AI, you can use AI in your in your educational part, but you have to take the initiative as the writer to verify what it's telling you. Well, Marlo and I have talked about this in the past is you have to know the questions. Correct. So you have to ask the right questions. And that's where the work, the, the labor intensive part of working with AI or chat GPT, that's where that comes from is you have to sit down and formulate the right thing to ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's been a lot of failings if you don't ask the right question, because if you leave it too open, It'll go where it wants to go, and you don't know how accurate that is. Right. I've used it to write um, copy for the different national days, and once it, I asked it to give me uh, information about what, what was the biggest strawberry ever grown because I wanted to throw that random fact in there. It told me it was a 10-pound, 5-inch strawberry. I'm like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was 10 ounces, <laughs> you know. So they'll throw out information that it thinks is correct, but ultimately it's not. I'm thinking strawberry shake and <laughs> some pie and yeah, uh, <laughs> it's still a big strawberry. Um, so how do you get in the habit of crafting the right things to ask? Um, what I've done is I'll go through a, a setup where it's like, okay, here's stuff I've written in the past. So you have a checklist. Yeah. Yeah. Here's, here's what I've written and this is how I want it to look. Okay, here's another example, another example. And then I just keep that chat open. That's one thing I've read recently is that don't just start creating a new chat window. Once you have have your AI trained, you need to stay in that same chat window because it's not going to remember what you taught it for that chat in a different chat necessarily. So So I almost think of it because Marlo's mentioned this in the past about uh, training different uh, AIs to do different things because they're very task specific right now. Um, I think that's probably going to change, especially if you buy into the Skynet theories and things like that. Uh, but right now they're, they're almost like threads. You have to stay within the thread. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're very specific, very focused on that. You don't get out of that thread. So um, like Marlo's said, uh, has told me he saves different threads and that's the chat. And right. you can't get out of that space. Mm-hmm. Um, are you seeing any technology out there in the AI space that is starting to go towards, okay, well, now we can maybe get two threads or three threads. We can pick up four threads. Where you're starting to see some of that expansion yet? Or are we still too much in the infancy stage? I think you're going to start seeing it, but right now I don't think it's it's there. I actually saw an article earlier this week about Google Bard and something about how Bard is now um, – see, that's an old one – is able to – yeah, you take you give it a, take a picture of you – know, you sketch out a website – on a sheet of paper and said, this is what I want my website to look like. 
You can now say to Google Barb, take a picture of that. It said, make me a website. Write the HTML code so I, so it looks like this. And it it might hiccup and have the wrong stuff, but it'll actually generate the code for you. I'm a horrible drawer. Yeah. It's, it might be in crayon, but. Yeah. So there's stuff like that where it's actually able to analyze because right now, ChatGPT doesn't analyze what you've given it. It just takes your prompt. What and, it's directed. Yeah. And, and spits it back out. It, I've had it. I've said, uh, in 4.0, I think you can tell it to read a website and summarize a website for you, but not in 3.5. Um, so I haven't really played around with that too much, but. That's what they talk about. These AIs aren't out in the wild. They don't have access to the internet. So it's, it's probably a good thing. Yeah. So in the long term, I think you're going to have to give it something to that effect. Well, at some point, and going back to my science fiction movie days, um, at some point, and maybe self-aware is the wrong term, but AI is going to have to be aware, at least aware of itself as a cog in something bigger because that's when I think it's really going to take off. That's -hmm. when the opportunity there for the exponential learning or the exponential teaching or that's where the space just rapidly expands. Mm -hmm. And the more information you feed these large language modules, um, models, the better they are. Um, Another article I read recently talked about how the bulk of the billions of pieces of information that ChatGPT was fed was the entirety of Wikipedia. Yeah. And Wikipedia is already a crowdsourced, you could call it like a manual AI because it's everybody contributing. Some of it's fake, some of it's not. Um. Some of it's good, some of it's bad. They have moderators to check that. But so you're already taking this corpus of human knowledge and giving it to ChatGPT. So there should be no reason why it can't start critically thinking at some point. Um, well, I remember and, back in my educational days, it's like you, you know, I had to go over to the library. You pulled out the the encyclopedia and you, you gleaned your information out of that and then you cited encyclopedia that mm-hmm. came out of and and all the information there and then we moved on to the computer where the computer did everything mm-hmm. you know and you pulled everything off the computer instead of going to a book and now we've got AI that is well beyond that mm-hmm. I mean so as education expands as you're looking at the opportunities for kids to learn, or in your case, adults to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you see some of the the nuances to artificial intelligence being able to help out in that space? Um, when you say nuance, or do you mean more like um, obstacles? Or no, no. So just as far as uh, the soft points around the edges. You know, mm-hmm. you've got the hard knowledge that's there, and then the delivery system is probably the better way to put it. You know, so it used to be that hard book, then it was, I can Google it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now AI, cause I kind of look at it as a delivery system. I, I need this information and that's the delivery system for me to get this information. Where do you see that going? I honestly don't know. Um, I know that you're going to have to at some point have the AI learn more information. 
because right now it's what 2021 it won't tell you anything that prior to that right because that's what it was fed up to so there has to be a direction for that because things change rapidly in this day and age and if you're 2021 that's I mean that's only two years ago but that's centuries ago in the terms of the digital world there's a lot of new information out there and articles are written about AI that aren't in the large language model. Um, so ChatGPT doesn't know about them. Uh, so that's one piece. Uh, the other one is, like I say, accessibility. Right now, um, the, the servers are just swamped all the time. So you got to log in. You have to wait. You, um, if you pay the premium, you can get to the head of the line in the um, like on the chat generator. Um, I just saw, I have on my phone um, that they, their ChatGPT now has, um, well, OpenAI does an app for the iPhone. And it's GPT-4, and I can just type my questions right in there. It's, so it's, it's accessible. It's right at my fingertips. I don't have to log into my desktop anymore. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Um, and I don't have to go to a website on here either. So when you're looking at uh, the accessibility, that delivery system, mm-hmm. now we're up to an app. Mm-hmm that's game changing because I don't carry my laptop or my desktop computer around with me all the time, but at my fingertips, I always have my phone. Right. Um, I was helping my son with some math homework um, towards the end of the school year and he was questioning me and I was like, no, that's the way you do it. That's the right answer. He's like, well, how do you know? So he wouldn't believe me until I plugged in his homework problems into ChatGPT and said, see, they agree with me. <laughs> That's pretty amazing stuff. I, I wonder if we typed in whether or not we could get the actual answer to pi where the number ended. Huh. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 12. Thrilled to have you with us as we continue exploring living with technology alongside Marlo and Steve. You're tuned to the Tech Ranch, Steve Bach, along with Chris sitting in for Marlo at the moment. And uh, one of the things that uh, you do, Chris, is National Day Radio. And maybe a lot of people aren't familiar with National Day Radio yet, but out in the ether sphere, there is this radio station mm-hmm. that plays off of National Day calendar days, now destination celebration days. Um, but there's all these different themed days that have music to back them up, which I think is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. Um, we're not quite there. We have a standard playlist that we run uh, around the clock. And if there's a large enough day, I think I mentioned this once before, um, National Dress Day, I did a mashup of Madonna songs and, and ran those during the day. Um, on Player Ukulele Day, I picked 20 songs where the ukulele – or no, was it, it was more like 10 or 11. Tiny bubbles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ukulele songs and some surprisingly modern songs. Um, there's one by Hey Soul Sister by Train – has a ukulele in it. Oh yeah. So you play that. So it's 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 more like, oh, that that's right. And it's it's kind of fun to find uh the different music. My wife mentioned to me last night I'm known for you, you give me a word and then I'll just start singing a song based on that word. Oh, you're and, that guy. Yeah. And she's like, "You know what? You annoyed me before you started working at a radio station." Oh, wow. <laughs> um so, yeah, it gets to be a little bit of a challenge, but I've got a, a huge library of music and 
this uncanny ability of saying, there's a song that has a word in it that could work for this day. See, I'm, I don't know if you watch uh, Name That Tune and mm-hmm. the, the new version of it. I haven't seen the new version yet. I can't watch it because it's them playing it live. Now, if you give me a song because 40-some years in broadcasting, I, I, I got an ear for that. And I can, I'm that guy, I can name that song in one note. Mm-hmm. And then there's a few songs out there that are, wait a minute, those songs have the same intro. Pretty much. Um, but I, one or two notes, done. I, I got it. If it's the original song. Right. It's got to be the original song because there's some nuances with that music. And, and Marlo and I were talking a little bit about, uh, you know, AI and the music side of things and, and, I think that's some of the stuff you potentially could lose with AI. So from an AI perspective with, you know, you running the radio station, um, where are you seeing the music industry progressing? So from an, from a music station with the, the national day radio, how do you see that changing? Cause in your case, with a lot of the days you rely on older music. Mm-hmm. What does that look like with newer music? I would say that I don't really see AI causing too many problems in the immediate future because um, I just don't know what it would be used for. Um, I would I would akin it to sampling um, where it used to be you could take this little snippet of somebody else's song and it would become the new beat for your new song. Um, an example would be um, – as long as you pay the royalties, right. you were fine. Right. And some, and had permission. And some people didn't. I like Will Smith's song, Wild Wild West, has um, a hook from Stevie Wonder's Superstition right. in it. Um, I can see AI building off of that, saying, okay, I'd like a beat that combines Superstition with Play That Funky Music White Boy and is disco. I mean, I could see you asking AI to do that and coming up with the – the tunes, because there's nothing to say that not, AI can't write sheet music. Um, as long as you're paying the ASCAP and the absolutely and the BMI and the fees that go along with that, yeah, the, the licensing rights. But the same question then applies to, let's say, photography. A lot of these photography generators, they're being trained on copyrighted images. And so this, the copyrighted images are being used to generate new AI images, but nobody's paying Right. The um the copyright holders. The language model was when they fed all these photos into it, they're like, learning from my intellectual property correct. and there should be a fee for that. Correct. And I think the same thing would happen with with music. Um when you want to But I don't know how far we go because I I think we're still gonna need songwriters. I mean, we're going to still going to need the traditional artist. Well, just going yeah. back to what's going on with the writer and the actor strike mm-hmm. right now, a lot of that is because the studios don't want to pay for extras. They don't want to pay the writers because I can have a script written. Pretty simple. I mean, it, it, it's not hard to write a script, especially if it's a simple script. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of what's going on in that space is – trying to head it off at the pass, trying trying to get in front of what is a perceived problem with AI. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Um, then I see there's the other side of things where James Earl Jones 
has signed over the rights to his voice library to Disney right. for future Star Wars movies in case he were to die. It's like Darth Vader can't die. So um, there's a few iconic characters yeah. that just it doesn't work without that character. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Major League. I like the movie. Yeah. Major League 2 was horrible because Wesley Snipes wasn't there and they tried to replace him with a different character. It's baseball. Just trade him. Everybody would have understood, but they ruined the movie because of it. Mm-hmm. So the movie was horrible. Yeah. So there's, because there's it's pos- like, that's not the character that I appreciated last time. Right. There's positives and negatives. Um, I look back at, uh, there's a show from Canada. My son would watch it nonstop on Netflix. I called my babysitter's a vampire. Ah, and um, show. and there's an episode where they're doing a um, talent show, and they're like, "Okay, I've analyzed all the top ten top ten songs for the last twenty years, and they all use this list of words." Then he has an AI put a song together using those words, and it was the song was entirely like, "Love, give, boyfriend, hand." I mean, they just start singing these words, and everybody loved it. <laughs> it's a hit. Woo! So, oh. there's, so you can do funny stuff. So one of the things I always worry about is the nuance of of film and music, and and for me, a lot of a, a lot of what I appreciate is the backstories with things. Mm-hmm. And the story behind the song or the story behind the band or the story behind the movie and the story behind that actor or actress, um, that, that's, I think, something we could lose with AI. I'm okay with addition. I'm just not good with subtraction um, when it comes to adding that new technology. It's a, it's a little bit with CGI, too, on what they can and cannot do mm-hmm. uh, or should or should not do. So a little more background on the National Day Radio. Um you know, because I love that platform. Once Marlo turned me on to it, it was like pretty amazing stuff. Um, just in the last minute or so here, um, explain where it is and, and when it might be rolled out for, for everybody to hear. Sure. Uh, right now it's it's on our website, um, nationallycalendar.com slash listen. Um, you can – it's pretty much out there. Um, we haven't really promoted it far and wide. Um, well, you are right now. Yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of the big goals I have with the platform is to really build out the music library and provide more information to people about what the days are and why they should be celebrated. Love the platform. It is absolutely awesome. If you haven't had a chance to listen, just go to nationaldaycalendar.com and go to the Listen tab. If you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. This is Ag Issues with Neil Roberts. Welcome to another edition of Ag Issues. Our guest this week is NDSU Forage Specialist James Rogers from the North Central Research Extension Center. And James, some late season seeding of forage crops left to do. I know you want to discuss a couple of precautions here. Tell us more. 
Right. So one of the things would be if you're planting into ground that may be PP acres, get a soil test prior to planting so you know what nitrogen is available. You may not have to add any more nitrogen for that forage crop. Another precaution is that these crops typically are going to be nitrate accumulators. So with the period that we're going into, we can get into some dry weather, some hot temperatures, which can stress those plants, causing nitrates to accumulate. So just be aware of that. Maybe test those forage just prior to harvest or at least after they're harvested so you know where you're at on those. All right, good stuff, James. And we'll talk bale grazing when we come back. A&W Towing and Recovery Western Division in Newtown has 24-hour emergency towing and daytime customer tows across the Bakken. Rotator 75-ton lifting is great for recovering sandboxes and semis and rollback trucks. Call us at 701-629-6077. Our new Eastern Division in Carlsruhe has 24-hour emergency towing, semi-recoveries, and tows, 50-ton lifting ability, and daytime customer tows. Reach us at 701-626-2637. That's A&W towing and recovery summer in north dakota nope not at the neighbors bob huh no bugs they put in a phantom screen how could we get a phantom screen go to outdoorlivingminot.com or stop in at outdoor living in barbecue on west burdick phantom screens are perfect for garage doors patios and porches lanai's and decks and won't block your view did i mention the remote control open and close your phantom garage door screen with the touch of a button phantom screens at outdoor living and barbecue 1905 West Burdick or OutdoorLivingMinot.com. Bale grazing now with James Rogers here on Egg Issues. And James, give us some advice here. Bale grazing is an opportunity for producers as they're moving hay from the field to the area that they're going to feed. Set it up in maybe an area and place those bales so all you have to do when you go to feed it is just fence off three, four bales or however many you want in an area that you're going to feed in. So it reduces the amount of labor for feeding those round bales. And I think there's a nice opportunity to do some bale grazing prior to going into a dry lot for winter. All right, good stuff as always, James, and that will bring this report to a close. If you missed the report, catch us on the website, agissues.com. Until next time, I'm Neil Roberts. You've been listening to Ag Issues, brought to you in part by A&W Towing, by Outdoor Living and Barbecue, and by Bremer Bank. Contact Bremer for your ag banking solutions. Bismarck, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union Studio.
the latest from ABC News. I'm Dave Packer. Heat records continue to fall across the western U.S., including in Phoenix, where it's been 110 degrees for 22 straight days. And it's not just in the U.S. Temperatures in Western Europe expected to continue this weekend with triple-digit temperatures, bringing scorching conditions and increased concern for heat-related illnesses across the region. It was so hot yesterday that the Acropolis was closed to tours. And we also know of a 46-year-old food delivery worker who died of a heat stroke, the first known heat-related death from these scorching temperatures. Meanwhile, in Malaga, Spain, passengers described a desperate situation on board a, a packed Ryanair jet that was sitting on the tarmac for three hours as maintenance workers repaired the air conditioning system. One witness told us that there were people passing out and that some of them needed medical treatment. ABC's Marcus Moore in Athens, today in Tel Aviv. Thousands of Israeli protesters kicked off the 29th straight week of demonstrations across the country. Political scientist Avrikam Dishkin from Hebrew University. Whatever happens, I think something really broke here. Something really tore up the Israeli society in in a way that uh, was not there in, in the past. The protests against the proposed weakening of the Supreme Court there. U.S. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin announced this week that an additional shipment of Marines and warships will be sent to the Middle East after several clashes with Iran over oil tankers in international waters. ABC's Inez de la Katera. CENTCOM says that in the last two years, Iran has attacked, seized, or attempted to seize nearly 20 internationally flagged merchant vessels. Now, there are questions as to whether this could all be part of a tit-for-tat because the U.S. has also been seizing oil tankers, an effort to to crack down on shipments of Iranian oil, evading U.S. sanctions. Admiral Lisa Franchetti, nominated by President Biden to be the first woman ever to become the chief of naval operations. This is ABC. Super Talk 1270, Bismarck Area Weather. With your forecast, I'm Corey Hartman. For today, mostly sunny, a high near 88. Mostly clear tonight, lows around 62. Sunny and warm for Sunday with a high near 93. Sunny and 91 on Monday and warm again for Tuesday. Mostly sunny, breezy, and a high near 94 degrees. Grandpa's barbecue sauce is perfect for summer grilling. Get it at grandpasbbqshop.com. Right now, it's 87. Question, what will you find on all over-the-counter or OTC medicine packages to help you choose the right drug and use it safely? The answer, the drug facts label. This label lists the medicine's active ingredients and purpose, how much to take, and warnings you should know before using it. Remember, even OTC medicines you buy without a prescription can cause side effects you don't want. So follow the information listed on the drug facts label. For more information, visit fda.gov slash drug facts label. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Talk of the Town with Steve Bakken. Weekday morning starting at 9 on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app. Portions of the following program are pre recorded. Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. You're tuned to the Tech Ranch. 
And I'm Steve Bakken, along with Marlo Anderson, who's uh, out of the studio for a few minutes, which gives me an opportunity to introduce you to uh, Jordan Alexander, uh, social media expert with the Tech Ranch, and uh, a few other ventures with Marlo as well. And we're talking about social media. And uh, I want to get into what is a, well, most notably on TikTok, a social media influencer. I'm still trying to figure out what that means on a resume. Uh, sure. What is a social media influencer? Because there's some people out there that make big dollars because of their clickbait. Right. It's about the followers. Right. Um, how do businesses deem if you're worthy of pushing an agenda or a product? Uh, how does somebody become a social media influencer? Because I'm sorry, I'm, I, I can't watch your videos of you falling downstairs all day. Uh, but that's how just yeah. stupid videos, that's how a lot of people get going in it. Exactly. It's, yeah, there's, there's one thing that usually leads into it, whether it be, uh, you know, a popular video of them lip syncing to something, or like you said, falling downstairs. Or a crazy oh, little dance sure. that uh, everybody has to replicate. Absolutely. And it just, it absolutely, it just catches on by accident and then all of a sudden you've got brands reaching out to you to to push their product whatever it is you know their lipstick their shirts their whatever but, when and how did that become a thing you know that's a really good question i think it really goes back to the inception of TikTok. So when it was a first starting out, it was called Musically, and it was literally just for viral dancing and for lip singing along with songs. But when that really shifted is when we saw a big shift and a big rise in social media influencers. Now they're across Facebook, Snapchat, all of it. And it's, it's a really interesting turn. Why it is, I am not sure. How's that a full-time job? That's a great question. And they go... Who pays your benefits? I just, I don't get it. I've heard about these social media influencers maxing out and like getting $10,000 lines of credits and maxing out entire credit cards just going on a, a vacation just so they can have content or so just content, you know, in quotes. Just it's really really interesting and they don't show that side of it. But it is the it's the it's the harsh reality where it's not really a job. It's not something you can really sustainably do for a long time. But it's uh it's really popular for whatever reason, you know, people really like being told what to like by uh, someone that looks just like them or, you know. Is, is it an iteration of, I forget the name of the Steve Carey, or, um, yeah, the, the oh, drawing a blank right now, the comedian, um, where they followed his life and, and this TV program he was not aware of was his life. And I kind of look at social media influencers um, somewhere in that light where, sure, why am I interested in what you do every day? That is a great question. Yeah, it is. It is a lot like the Truman Show. Yeah, where, the Truman Show. Yeah, yeah. You do feel like it is invasive, almost how much you are knowing about this stranger yeah, on like the internet. TMI. I I don't want to know that much about you. That's absolutely true. Yeah, it is really strange. And again, I'm not really certain. I mean, it probably goes back to just the um, the idea of celebrity, really, uh, and the idea that anyone could be famous. So. Better question then, has social media redefined fame, redefined celebrity? I really think so. Yeah. Yes. Big time. Because okay. Then I can pin this back to the Kardashians yes, and some absolutely. of those programs that, you know, social media has overtaken television in some spaces absolutely. and some of that programming. So I'm a little reticent to put it on the same level, but it it's in the same vein that, oh, here's your 
15 minutes of fame and what are you going to do with it? Right. Make 15 minutes of 30 second videos. <laughs> yeah. But everybody, everybody because of social media now gets that 15 minutes. What you choose to do with it is up to you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, and it's usually nothing of actual substance. Like you're saying, the content isn't really content. It's just invasive yeah very much like the truman show very much just like reality television you know it's uh it maybe then we can trace it back to the early 2000s and even before that just tabloids and before that newspapers there's always been this sort of celebrity and whether or not it's for good or for evil that's what it is you know people always have this intrigue with people that they admire or people they want to look like or act like or be like and so maybe that's it maybe the first Maybe Charlie Chaplin was the first uh, influencer <laughs> in some sort of way, you know? So if you're going to try to be an influencer, right? how does that work as far as – because when I'm looking – and I've got an extensive marketing background. So sure. I look at who am I trying to influence? Right. Is, is that the first step of what, what the focus is? It's like, okay, you got to know your audience. So if you're yeah. – 22 years old, sure. good looking guy, and you're on cruise ships and going to exotic places, you've got a certain market share. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and, and there's an interesting overlap. So say, yeah, you're, you're, a gym rat, right? And you get to go on all these fancy vacations. So you've got people that are your age, men your age, trying to work out, trying to be buff, trying to look that handsome. And then you've got women who are interested in the way that you look and the things that you have to say, an interesting thing like that, right? So it really is broken down to demographic, but instead of being so uh, wide-reaching and, and something that is overarching for everybody, you know, like movie stars sort of used to be, um, you know, because Tom Cruise was for everybody. Now it's there are so many pockets and so many people and so many facets of society that have their own specific thing. And I think that's why it works so well to have someone who is a is a fashion influencer or a fit fluencer, which is like someone who just does yoga or goes to the gym. Right. So I think it really is just because we have so much information at our fingertips now. Um, it's even more than a computer in your pocket. It's you have the entire world and what you choose to do with it is watch someone, uh, you know, climb a tree or fall out of a tree or fall down some stairs. And, you know, that's fun. That's funny, but that shouldn't be I don't know. It defines an entire person's life, and, and that's what they're choosing to do with their influence. You know, it's really interesting. So what's the longevity? I don't think that's the end game. I don't think longevity is the thing that they're really interested in or worried about. It's just uh, you. It's always instant gratification now. If you want to know something, you Google right. it. You know? Yeah, and we're in that society. We're in that space in society. It's about instant gratification, which brings me back to the original question I pose yeah. is, how do you put that on a resume? So if there's not an, a long game with this, uh, because that's not what you're shooting for, it's that sure. 15 minutes of fame right. and grab as much as you can when, if you can cash in as a quote-unquote influencer, then I don't see any of them changing spaces. Sure. They're a snapshot in time. You don't see somebody who, hey, I was a 22-year-old influencer in travel spaces sure. becoming, hey, I'm a 22-year-old dad of four who's now 40 years old right. and might have a little beer belly. Sure. First of all, is there a market for that or is it still – early enough to where we haven't gotten to that longevity yet to even know what that's going to be like. 
That's a really interesting question, and I, I really think it doesn't go to longevity. I think it's it's part of the instant gratification, but it's also interesting to note that it's like you know you can have a good time maybe it's not for a resume there are people of of my generation that don't really care about they don't have brand loyalty or job loyalty they'll jump from job to job and so maybe it's not even about building a resume or considering the future it's just living one day at a time you know and i, I do i i'm all for people having a good time and using social media to connect with people in interesting ways and share their art share their passion but when it becomes so co- just Absolutely. Yeah. All consuming. And that's what their entire personality has to be. I don't think it comes down to longevity. It's just I have to continue producing the thing that people know me for. And maybe that's on a resume as uh, I can use a social media manager, for example. Right. So uh, it's it's really interesting. And it goes back to the fatigue. There's always something for someone, but there's so much of it for everyone. You know, it's a it's a. Maybe there is no longevity. Maybe there's no long game. Maybe there's no end goal because we haven't gotten there yet. You're right. Okay, so now go back to the content side of things because content to me is king. And yeah. It all comes back to content. If you have good content, people will tune in. Right. Um, scrolling Facebook or sure. TikTok or Instagram or whatever the flavor of the month is. Sure. Um, what are you looking for? That that you bring up that question. What are you looking for? Right. Because first of all, there's no focus. I mean, you can talk feeds all you want. But right. There's really no focus on that because I, I think that's a. It's kind of pushing. They like pushing the door close button on an elevator. Yeah. Um. Do you control your feed? I I don't <laughs> think so. No. Um, not anymore. At not least. anymore. So. You're flooded with all this content. There's so much content. It's overwhelming. It's over-consuming. And how do you glean out what is actually important or has value to you as a customer? And we're going to get into the customer stuff next. Sure. But how do you how do you sort the content? Because there's no algorithm there to do it. It's right. it's not through your feed. Um, you're just your brain is just diluted with all this stuff. Yeah. Again, what are you looking for? Because you're not finding it. Right. You you can spend all day on there and you're not going to find it. Yeah. It's a, I don't think anybody's really looking for anything. It's just to look at, you know, it's the new reading the newspaper on the subway. It's just, you can scroll on your phone and have every single bit of information you ever wanted. But if you're not looking for anything, you're going to be overloaded with information no matter what. Right. So you're not looking for anything. You're not learning anything really. Um, so it's, it's a genuinely good question. What are we looking for? What is it that brings us to social media? It, I think really the, I mean, the pandemic, right? We all spent time inside and on our phones, and it's gotten so and, and much. And people were worse. craving connectivity. Absolutely, any connectivity. Exactly, and I think that made it a hundred percent worse. Like it's exacerbated it, the problem. Absolutely, because now there's so much more content. You know, content as we say, be, but that's not. It's not really what it is. Really big air quotes there. Exactly. Really big. Right. Uh, so when you're looking at trying to sort through all this, are there any tips or tricks or things to try to, or is it just a question of, you know what, how important is it? Limit your time. I think that's really the the thing is just spend some time in real life and then you'll know. That makes a lot of sense because uh, you got to be grounded in something, right? Exactly. So if you're grounded in 
personal life, real relationships, because there's a lot of fake ones out there with social media, then maybe you can find some content you'll appreciate. The Tech Ranch. Reddit. Getting ready for more amazing tech insights from the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. You're tuned to the Tech Ranch. I'm Steve Bach and Marlo Anderson as well, uh, but he is uh, running around the studio for a few minutes. Uh, I want to introduce you to Jordan Alexander. So uh, part of the Tech Ranch family, a uh, piece of that is social media. And uh, Jordan is uh, the new social media guy here with the Tech Ranch and uh, some other platforms as well uh, with Marlo. But I wanted to talk about social media because Marlo and I got in a little bit of this discussion last week and I wanted to get into it a little bit further about social media and where things are at right now because it started out okay um the inception of social media and i think i still have a myspace account someplace i probably haven't been on for 20 years or i'm not even sure if i was on after i signed up for it but um that's where it started then uh facebook took over and then uh people were on facebook and that was the only social media for a long time and then that kind of grew um to well okay here's this other platform and then another platform and then there was a little consolidation but but not overly abundant yet and then a little consolidation where facebook uh picked up i could post on one and post to three um made it real convenient for a lot of people to be on multiple platforms and then things just exploded now there are so many different social media platforms um actually have you counted them how many are there out there it's impossible to count just tons and tons and tons so there used to be an impact where Back in its infancy when I posted on what I had for dinner on Facebook, like everybody used to post their food on there. Right. And a lot of people saw that. Well, did the same amount of people see it? Now I, I'm kind of thinking in terms of, you know, social media influencers. And we're going to get into that as well. Right. But is the impact the same? Are the same amount of people seeing things, and I'm not talking about your circle of friends, which may or may not exist anyway, uh, but whatever they're spoon feeding you as far as feeds, is the impact the same? Because there's so many different platforms out there. Does that lead to fatigue? Yeah, absolutely. And the problem with so many platforms now uh, is that you've got to post across all of them and they're no longer so streamlined, right? And the other big thing is uh, with your data, they really, really they make it specific to what you're seeing. So a lot of what your friends are saying or a lot of what is not in your general scope gets buried. It gets lost. Uh, so I would say no. The impact has definitely changed a lot, and and it's still growing and changing today, you know? So the fatigue side, and you talk about having a post on so many different things, and, right. and I've kind of checked out of social media. I just, yeah. I, I, I can't do it anymore. Um, it It's too time-consuming. I don't... I have better uses of my time. I don't need to know that you went on vacation and, hey, when you got back, your house was robbed because you told everybody you went on vacation. I, I could care less. Right. I, I don't care. So I'm out of that. And, and I got into social media because I actually had a friend who's uh, from college whose father had passed away. And a friend of mine, a mutual friend said, who was on on Facebook at the time said, Hey, so-and-such lost her dad. And I'm like, Oh, do you have her number? And he's like, well, just reach out to her on Facebook. Right. What's that? <laughs> like, right. Uh, but it's oh, okay. So 
and it was great tool, great tool for yeah. reconnecting with people. I connected with people I graduated from high school with, uh, people I went to middle school and elementary school with, friends I grew up with that I hadn't seen in 30 years. It was great for that. Yeah. Um, and I think that usefulness has changed. It, it, it's outlived that capacity. It's gone beyond that, but that's all I wanted out of it. Right. It's all I needed out of it. Exactly. Yeah, it's fatigue is a it's a I wish it was just fatigue now, you know, it's sometimes you can scroll on six different apps and waste five hours in an entire day, you know, and it's and people at work actually put that down as like I'm working today. Yes, exactly. Well, that's <laughs> what I do. So, so well, but you're an expert. That's sure. what you do. You were hired to do that. But there yeah. are people that, oh, well, I'm on our business social media page how productive are you? It, it, if, if that's not your specific job, how productive are you? Because I'm looking at it in terms of right. productivity as sure. well. And there is nothing that wastes productivity in the office space like social media. That's true. Yeah. And the attention span of the average person has definitely changed due to a that. Nat. Exactly. It's a gnat. Yeah. Uh, it's about 60 seconds now, whereas you used to uh, be able to have an entire conversation. You know, so fatigue and then attention span and then just the sprawling endless content. And that's an that's an interesting thing to talk about as well. You know, with A.I. and just the amount of content that's been out there already. Uh, that's. Uh, yeah, I mean, are you do you want to talk about the writer strike at all or? Well, yeah, we were talking about that a little bit earlier, too. Sure. But, you know, and, you know. And that, you know, let's save that for another segment because that's sure. some of the AI stuff. And I want to get your take okay. on that as yeah, well. Yeah. But that fatigue factor with the social media, you know, it's almost to the point where, God, I might consider going back on social media if people just posted what they had for dinner again. Right. Because there's a toxicity that's involved with that. Absolutely. So when you start looking at the social media stuff, and I think mostly in terms of parents, but I know adults like this. My wife, the first thing she does is pick up her phone in the right. morning and does Wordle. Um, and then she's the last thing she's doing is scrolling Facebook really quick. I'm like, what are you looking for? I'm just scrolling. <laughs> but what are you looking for? Right. Because you're not seeing what, what, what are you looking for? Right. I'm just scrolling. I'm like... Oh, to me, <laughs> unproductive. Yeah. And probably not going to help you sleep very well. Well, sure. Yeah. There's, there's all the studies about looking at the blue light, looking at the screen, how that actually affects your brain and sleeping and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. And it's like, what are you looking for is a great question to ask because the answer is probably nothing, you know, nothing. you know, but I, I don't know. Do, is it something we feel? I've been on here for four hours and I still cannot find the meaning of life. Right. Do um, we, do we it's feel not there, folks. You know, are, are we fulfilled anymore? You know, because we always have something all the time, you know, or going back to the attention span, it's if we feel bored for 10 seconds, we can be focused on a phone. We can be focused on all of our different apps. We can be checking in with friends from all over the world, which is great. Um, but maybe it's good for us to be bored. You know, let's bring it back just a little bit to that. Well, you need some downtime. Sure, uh, of course. And, and I don't think people get downtime anymore with social media. Social no. media has taken up all that space. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It, it feels like no matter what, we're always doing something, even if we're not doing anything because of that, because we always have a computer in our pocket now. So, but I, I mean, I do see the, the plus side of it as well. You know, it, it is the connection point and it does give you information. And if you're looking for something, typically you can find it through social media. Someone has somewhere talked about this exact thing, which I like. Um, and it's, and it is genuinely 
certainly a great tool for that. The the other side is it's not really used as a tool anymore. It's no longer connecting with a friend whose father has passed or, hey, what did you have for dinner? And do you remember when people were so mad about that? Yeah, <laughs> they got angry. Right, right. Um, or hangry. Hangry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. That's what I'll say, you know? It's a double-edged sword for sure. Okay, so... I look about content, and this is me being in broadcasting for 40 years. If you don't have good content, people aren't going to tune in. Right. We don't get that with social media because I don't see the content. Well, the problem is all of it's content. Yeah, but – you know, the quality of, maybe, oh, maybe, sure. maybe it's about the quality of content. Absolutely. That's the big difference is everybody's a content creator and everybody needs to be pushing out content all the time. But I mean, it's, it's no longer quality and you're losing a lot of the, uh, the soul, the heart. Well, you're implying that social media had a soul and a heart, but uh, you know, family photos at Christmas are one thing, sure. what you had for dinner is another, uh, but it's also gotten to the toxic side with political rants and right. now the advertising things. And when we come back, I, I want to talk a little bit about influencers. That's coming up next. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270. He is our passion. Let's jump back into the conversation with Marlo and Steve. You're tuned to the Tech Ranch. I'm Steve Bakken, Marlo Anderson, now to the studio for a few minutes here as we have an opportunity to talk with Jordan Alexander, uh, social media manager, and uh, you know, that's a job. It's, it's a real career path, isn't it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, it is nowadays, and uh, I want to talk a little bit about the AI component because we've talked about social media and some of the algorithms and, and what that looks like Um from a content perspective, big air quotes again, content. Um, how does AI change that? Because I, I look at the, the marketing piece that social media has become because mm-hmm. it's about pop-up ads and it's about, uh, you know, is somebody selling this or you get into an article and you don't realize it's an advertisement. Right. Um, how does AI change that? Artificial intelligence, we've talked about changes a lot of things. Um, y- and what artificial intelligence hasn't done yet has changed things. You take a look at the actor and writer strike. Right. Uh, that's a preemptive strike upon them trying to preserve their jobs because they think that right. – and the studios, have, it's become known, have they, – they want to get rid of extras. Extras are expensive. They're time-consuming. They're cumbersome, and they want to pay somebody for their likeness once, right. and then they can re- replicate that over and over and over again through AI. Um, social media. Where is it going? Because I can see some very significant changes in social media because of artificial intelligence to the point where, you know, you know, the bad side is, is a post a really, a real post or was it something made up for a political agenda? You can see a lot of that or to damage somebody's, uh, um, product because you have a, a similar product you want to promote. Right. So there's a dark side and a, a legitimate side to social media and artificial intelligence, but you can create anything you want now. Yeah, sort of. I mean, AI is still very not human. Uh, there's a lot of nuance in the human language that will not, it, it probably will never ever happen where AI will be able to 
get that sort of thing. You know, if you translate something from a different language to English, there are certain phrases that just don't translate, you know, and vice versa. So, I mean, just to say the good side of AI and social media is that if you create any product, say you're an author and you need to also promote your book on social media, what something like chat GPT can do is you can plug in everything you want it to do and make a 30 day social media plan. So you don't have to hire out for it. Right. And you're just an independent author. You're just trying to get your book known. So what that will do is it'll generate the content for you. That's the plus side. The downside is now that data is collected. So if you're plugging your book into this, it can take that and feed that into its algorithm. And now it's more human suddenly because it's written by a human person. So that's the light and dark side in my opinion. So it's really interesting. And I think the fear of was this written by AI? Was this for was this written by a human? Who is this targeted towards? Is this made just for me by an AI because I, it's collected all my data from social media? We just don't know yet. And now the marketing side of that, it knows where to target me to push my button. So I exactly. buy a product. Exactly. Yeah. And it's I mean, it's already pretty aggressive. You know, I get things on Amazon that I have just talked about out loud and just like and well, we've been doing that for years. Well, it's like, sure. My phone's always listening to me because I was just talking about buying a new wheelbarrow and I get ads from Home Depot, Lowe's, Menards, Ace Hardware trying to sell me a new wheelbarrow. Absolutely. And you know what? Sometimes that really is effective because some, you're like, oh, I got to get this thing. And then the short attention span doesn't, you know, doesn't log it in your short term memory you know, it, all of a sudden. It used to be just Google searches. If you Google search something, then all of a sudden that product shows up like crazy if you right. just reference something. But now it's gotten into our devices because yeah. they're listening. Yeah. Uh, so from the AI perspective with social media, how do you see social media changing from a marketing tool? Because I see social media going from where I first started with it as how to connect to people. Right. Now, it's being used on how to connect products to me. Yeah. So there's a big sales component and marketing component to these social media platforms. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And it's... Uh it's a complicated relationship I have with it because, you know, at the end of the day, if you're a business, you need to sell something, right? And what better way to connect with people than the way that people connect? Um, so it's a, it's a complicated relationship I have with it because I, I mean, I see both sides of it. Really, I do. It's, it's, uh, you gotta advertise because you gotta sell your product and that's, Great, because for mom and pop shops, using something like chat GPT really works for them because they are, you know, say we sell candles. So they take take their product. Hey, we sell candles and we are based in this place. And here's all of the things that we do to make our candles. Great. So here's now that 50 different scents. Exactly. And so now with those 50 different scents, you have 50 days of content. You know, you can post one every day, every other day. Right. Um, and that's great because now people have access to really, 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 really intuitive tools that they don't actually have to know how to use. Uh, but the downside of that is now they have all that data about you and your company. So now it can sell uh, an Amazon version of it, an AliExpress version of it, a Timu version of it, using your verbiage to make it seem like it's a mom and pop shop. So it's a, it's a double-edged sword, as I mentioned, and it's, it's hard. It's scary. Um, and are we connecting anymore through social media? Are we connecting in person as much? Uh, it's it's really hard to tell at this point, I think, for me personally. Well, I think we stopped connecting in person uh, it, 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 
texting. I, for me, that was, sure. I, hey, shoot me a text. Don't call me. I don't want to hear your voice, but shoot me a text. It's, it's that, that was a big change. Yeah. I mean, we're not even in the same room right now. I'm actually just texting you. <laughs> and chat GPT's <laughs> audio file is bringing up his voice. So, uh, so Jordan Alexander, uh, social media expert and uh, marketing manager for social media. And I, I, so where do you see, because there's been a change, and I think we all can admit that there's been a change where social media was about connectivity. Yeah. And, you know, and, and some of the text platforms like Twitter and, and I'll just say Twitter because that's a big one. Sure. Um, people get this false sense of connectivity to celebrities right. as well because of... Well, he might answer me or right. be, she might reference my town or something because of something I posted. Uh, so people were following all these different celebrities because of a false sense of connectivity to those celebrities. They don't know them. They don't. Right. Maybe they've met them, but they probably have not. Um, so that's kind of a different level of social media to me. Yeah, it, It's not the pictures. It's not the – it's just – you're looking for – you talk about an instant gratification. It's like, yeah. oh, LeBron James put up a post. Oh, I got to see it. Right. I'm like, who cares? Yeah, it's uh, – I retweeted this and then the person that I retweeted it from liked it. Oh, that's that, that's my favorite celebrity yeah. and they, they – They're my a, best friend now. Right. I'm like – Are I, we setting ourselves up socially for something through social media? Um, I think – well, let me just take the side of uh, of – I mean, it's it's easy to be cynical and it's easy to choose cynicism. So I'll I'll take the side of well, maybe it's just it, that's the connection, right? Now we've reached out and we've made that connection. Is it in person? Is it as warm? Is it as physical? No, not necessarily. But now we feel seen, we feel recognized, and that's that's the plus side of this type of social media. But like you're saying, it's that instant gratification. It's that uh, now I feel like I'm the best friend of LeBron James or. Well, and the other part of that, though, is you've got a false sense of reality because there's a lot of people out there that, oh, well, LeBron James yeah. retweeted my tweet. So, hey, we're buddies now. So, hey, I feel perfectly fine asking him for courtside tickets to the Lakers. Sure. When they're playing the Timberwolves. Yeah. You know, people have that. It's a false sense of reality with social media. Sure. You, it, it's yeah. it's it's a fantasy land. Sometimes. But, I mean, if we're talking about how social media is changing and changing the landscape, perhaps it's uh, more of a this is new connection. Maybe it's not exactly how it used to be. And maybe it is. Maybe there are some people that have a false sense of reality and if they're screaming into the void about tickets. Sure, that seems absolutely wild and absolutely crazy. But for some people, that's what keeps them going, you know, is, is that connection to uh, – you know, celebrity, the outside world, just because, I mean, everything is changing all the time, as we mentioned, and perhaps it's not so much that it's, uh, I don't know, like a false sense of reality as much as it is a different new reality, and maybe that's well, not... Is that a better question, then? Um, is that... Gosh, I hate this term. Uh, <laughs> is it the new normal? Is that where uh, we're yeah. going as a society? Which, I see a lot of downside with that, because it leads to actual more isolationism than than connectivity 
I will say it's a new normal. I wouldn't say it's the new normal because there's still people that love connecting. There's still people that like going out and doing things. But for people that can't afford to go to a show or to, uh, you know, see their friend in Florida, that's a really good way to connect is via Zoom or via FaceTime or, you know. Uh, yeah, let's share this sunset together on the beach. Exactly. That's you, kind you of. do that. Yeah, it's kind of important to have that sort of connection, too, because it's grown so much. But the cynicism that comes with it is it's really easy to fall into. And I absolutely understand that. And I've done it myself a bunch where I'm looking at what I'm doing. and like, is this for anything? Is this am I am I making the world a better place or am I just making the world a different place at all? You know, and it's a great question, but. I, I like to lean and err on the side of it's probably a good thing in some sort of way, uh, uh, some sort of new normal. Because now on YouTube, I can see my favorite band and I don't have to drive six hours and pay a thousand dollars to see Taylor Swift. Now I can just, you know, go on YouTube and put on some headphones. And if that's connection and that's what makes you feel fulfilled, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, so. Things need to remain in balance, and I'm a big equilibrium guy. Sure. Um, and, and by the way, you know, maybe you feel connected with your favorite artist, Taylor Swift, if you're on a Southwest <laughs> Airline sure. flight that's stuck and there everybody's singing her songs. Um, does it create a malaise or a, a laziness within our society with social media? Because you just said it's like you don't have to go six hours to the band you love right. and, and see that artist. Um is there a danger? Because I, I, I can see the danger in, okay, but I'm never going to go to that band I love again because it's easier just to pull it up on YouTube. Now, there's an immersion experience when it comes to artistry and entertainment. Yeah. You're missing the immersion side of it because a lot of things about going to see your favorite artist is yeah. about – the experience of being at the venue, getting beer spilled on you, <laughs> whatever the case may be. Yeah. But it's about the whole experience because that's the memory. That's the story. That's that's what you imprint in your mind. It's not necessarily the artist up on the stage. It's the whole experience. Exactly. We're losing that. And I think it creates a sense of laziness where, okay, eventually you're not going to go. Well, eventually that artist isn't going to afford to be able to go out on tour because people aren't going to go to the shows. Then we lose all that. I mean, granted, down the road. Sure. But there's a danger there. Absolutely. And it's, I mean, it already in some ways it has created this malaise and this, this, uh, I wouldn't say laziness, sure, but like it has created a bit of a disconnect for some people. But there are so many people now that can go on YouTube and see this artist, right? But then they want to see them even more in person because like you feel it, but you really want to experience it. Right. So you got to experience It's the immersion of Absolutely. And I think there's something in the human heart and the human soul that really, really craves that immersion in human culture and wants to be connected physically or just in the same space. And I really think that's never going to go away. Um, and that, that includes art. That includes going to see music. And I've, I've actually been thinking about this a lot recently. Uh, is art ever going to go away? Are, are people just going to learn good 60 second guitar solos for TikTok? I really don't think so because there's always people trying to create something. I've, I've recently, uh, given some guitar lessons to some younger kids and they are excited they're wanting to learn how to play smells like teen spirit they're wanting to know how to do this and do that and do this where they could easily just learn that on youtube but still they come and they connect and they want to be there in person to really feel what it's like you know so i it gives me hope it really does 
So have you taught any kids smoke in the water yet? Oh, yeah. Every uh, yeah. single one. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite guitar riffs. Uh, so from an AI perspective, yeah. do you see with social media and the replication? Because I, I really see a... a an inundation or a replication of all this marketing, all this stuff that can just even pound our brains even more. Uh, is that where you see AI going, at least in the short term? In the short term, yes. But there will be a period of overcorrection where it's all AI and then it'll all go back to humans and then they will reach that equilibrium. I am certain of it. Well, I, I always say things belong in balance, so... It's just a question of how long it takes to get there. That's right. Yeah, who knows? Well, uh, Jordan uh, Alexander, uh, marketing, uh, social media content guy, uh, he's got it all, a lot of hats. Uh, but this is The Tech Ranch. I'm Steve Bakken with Marlo Anderson. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 127. Let's get back to discovering the latest in technology with the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. Hey, I'm back. Hey, you're back. We missed you. You were, yeah. got, you were down the hall getting food. Well, there's that. Do I have crumbs on my face? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm checking my face, though. It looks like carrot cake, but... It wasn't carrot cake. Okay. Should have had some more Girl Scout cookies. Oh. Did you try a trefoil? No. Okay. I will after we're done here. All right. When we're done here, we're going to go try a trefoil. Yeah. Yep. Shortbread cookies. All right. So I need to talk about this. Since, yes. Google is reportedly testing an AI tool that can generate news articles. Because we haven't beat up journalism and real <laughs> reporting, and you know, well, I, I, I you I, could, you could actually go oh, as I knock stuff over the street. You could go the other route. Maybe an AI won't have any bias. Okay, but AI learns from somebody who. So that's the thing, right? How is this going to work? Are they going to like watch social media feeds? And then gather information and then try to write an article from that. To me, that's probably the most logical thing. People are writing, commenting on social media, whatever, and it'll take all of that and write some type of article from it. That's what I see happening. Okay, but... Oh, you really like this idea, don't you? you I could just you, see your face going, no way. Because there is no bias one way or the other in social media posts. Well, that's true. I mean, there's all kinds of bias there, of course, but you. That was it, me and my snarky voice. Yeah. You can take, I mean, if you're getting, if you're getting information from both sides and then you, and if you can differentiate between the bias and the actual facts. Yeah, but it's social media. What if it's all wrong? Well, that's kind of where I was going with this. So if if AI is looking what at what it would consider sources and you have because social media is considered a source now unfortunately and and you have 100 million people or 100 million posts coming out of China saying that somebody's marching on somebody or whatever and all of a sudden an, a, an AI picks up on it and says what we got blah 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 going on and blah 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 and in fact it's not true well, mainstream media is not true all the time either. So that, yeah, I, I'm looking at it from the other side too. Like, look at smaller markets. Look what happened to the newspaper industry with, I mean, it, it just, it got beat down and doesn't exist. And there's no such thing, thing as, um, you know, pick up the newspaper and it's gospel. And my grandfather growing up, it's like if it was in the paper, it was gospel. And you, 
can't look at it in that light anymore because there's opinion, there's bias, there's it's just not reporting anymore without so, the other pieces of that. If AI is going to learn from somebody, they're going to learn from examples that are out there right now. How do you get the bias out? I, I just don't understand how it's going to – because the other side of that too is you take a look in smaller communities that have, maybe they have a newspaper and they might have one or two beat writers and that's it. Or you know, television. You know, look at uh, the lack of reporters out there because they don't pay. They don't pay anything now. What do you think they're going to pay with yeah, AI? It's just unbelievable, actually. You know, I, I, which is one of the problems, actually, because you you have people who don't get they're not getting paid a lot. Starting um, reporter out of out of college very, is making twelve, fourteen thousand dollars a year, and very influenced by people above that person, right? Right. They're not old enough yet. They don't have... They're not salted. They're not salted. Yeah. Exactly, right. So what about this? So you can... AI now can watch a video, transcribe it, so it knows knows the context, you know, what, what that person said, and then is able to write from that. I don't know. So... It'll be better, I think. And maybe it takes that and then compares it to what other people are saying to write the thing. So now instead but, of a... But a, the problem a, with video and watching video and then taking the transcription from it is the nuances of things. Did a person say something and roll their eyes? Right. You know, AI's not going to pick up on Trump, that. Trump was accused of this all the time. President Trump, right? He would say something sarcastically or what he thought was a joke and half the media believed that he was telling that you know that that it was yeah. actual factual when in fact he was saying you know that basically it was just his delivery Side comment yeah it was his delivery and some people took it as fact right so of course ai wouldn't be able to tell the difference between a joke and not a joke at least i don't think it has that capability yet maybe in the future it will when it starts to laugh at us but knock knock Who's there? AI. AI who? <laughs> the world is now over? <laughs> I'm AI. I, I can't tell jokes. <laughs> it's the, <laughs> that term is coming off. But, but you, you're right in the nuance side of stuff. There, There's cues that, you know, I can watch a newscast on a local news channel and it, it's funny because young reporters coming out of broadcasting school or young anchors haven't picked up on body language yet. Yep. They, they haven't mastered body language. It, it sounds kind of funny saying that when we're on the radio. But watching somebody and how they deliver a story and their body language and the nuances around that it tells almost as much of the story as the story does. And there are things that happen during videos too that i mean is there gonna is is there a report coming out or there's video and and i'm gonna just come back up a little bit there is so much video nowadays which is why i think this is possible by gay and i'm sure why google's thinking that ai can write news stories because there is there's a there's, camera everywhere there's something going on this car accident that i came across uh, you know, on the way back the other day from salt lake or from vegas and it was in salt lake city back traffic up forever and the cars that are driving by it at two miles an hour half of them had a camera out the window filming <sighs> this thing right so 
this that brings up an entirely different issue with me, but fine. This, this is there's a camera everywhere, and it's only getting worse. Yeah. There are more and more cameras out there. So, did you stop to help somebody, or were you more concerned about oh my videoing goodness. it? That's it, a yeah, whole that's yeah, a whole other show. We could do another show on whole that. Show. Uh, so, yeah, I think that there's maybe enough video. But is it going to actually be able to the AI differentiate? Like you know, I'm I'm doing a press conference and I drop a glass of water on my foot and I say, "Oh man, that hurt," and then it's going to see the transcription from, but doesn't understand that I dropped a full glass of water on my foot and broke my toe or something, right? So if it doesn't know that, and then it takes it in and puts it in context in the transcription, and then comes up with some weird news story about you know how. You know the the fiscal state of of affairs in the United States hurts. <laughs> or at then, least they're not going to glean out of the picture that your foot's wet. You're like Marlo peed himself. <laughs> you have no idea where that could go. So yeah, it's just it's interesting. And uh, you know, if you have comments on how you feel about Google and 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 writing, generating news articles with its AI tool, let us know. Hop on the TechRanch.com. TechRanch.com. Uh, you can leave your comments, uh, yep. any show suggestions. Um, if you get a Yarbo before I do and, and want to leave a review, uh, if there's any products out there you'd like us to review, uh, all that's Please. all that's fair game. We'd, we'd love to do that for you, actually. So if you have Would any products, yeah. I, yeah. But yeah. a Yarbo would be perfect. Yarbo would be perfect. <laughs> we we need to start thinking about the end of the mowing season here now, and we need to get you into Yarbo before the grass starts. Well, and growing. I also wanted to take my garbage out, and uh, the blower I'm going to snow blow. Yes. I, I, I want to try snow blowing with yeah. it. Yeah, I think it would be cool. So, all right, everybody, check us out at thetechranch.com. It's been a pleasure visiting with you today from Steve and I. Have a great week. And that's a wrap on another fantastic episode of The Tech Ranch. Remember, if you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. The Tech Ranch. Super Talk 1270.